Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the RF Generation Playcast, formerly known as the RF Generation Community Playthrough Wrap-Up for November 2014. This is Sean, better known as GreyGhost81. We have a wonderful show filled with great conversation and a few very special guests. Keep in mind all spoilers are on the table, so make sure you've played the games before listening. On the modern side, I will be joined by Floyd and special guest Bomba Tamba to discuss Irrational Games' breakthrough cult classic, System Shock 2, for the PC. Over on the retro side, Rich, Jamie, and special guest Retro Rage explore a game which many consider to be one of the finest games on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as the SNES, and that game is Super Metroid. As always, you can listen to the show on Podomatic, iTunes, and YouTube, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Log in to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss all the wonderful games we play. Don't just lurk. Sign in, sign up, and participate playing awesome games with a superb group of amazing people. Thank you, as always, for listening, and now, on with the show. So, for the retro playthrough for the month of November, we played Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo, a very, very popular game. Um, with me, as always, on the retro side, and actually the host uh, is Tech Wizard, Jamie. And we also have a special guest, uh, Retro Rage, who many of you know on the forums. Um, his real name's Aaron, and that's what we'll be referring to him this call. Say hello, Aaron. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And before we get started, I um, just wanted to uh, mention that uh, many of you who are familiar with our forums are probably noticed that um, our guest, Aaron, has com recently completed a big portion of his collection. I'll let him go ahead and let him talk about that for a minute. Yeah, well, I'm going to be eating Top Ramen for a while, I'll tell you that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. You got there. No, yeah, I just finished that 32X set. Right, um, absolutely. Most of them are complete in box. There's a couple that I still have loose, but uh, most of the heavy hitters are out of the way. Absolutely, I saw that. Um, the uh, Was it Deion Sanders game? It's World Series, I think, and uh, yeah. the uh, Spider-Man Web of Fire are the mm -hmm. two that I know are uh, really notorious for the 32X. Are there any others that are um, really hard to come by? Yeah, Pitfall is really hard to find. Mm. That one, it's probably more rare than the Deion Sanders game or Spider-Man. It's just not very well known. Hmm. And um, the hardest part huh. to get in that is the uh, the poster. No one ever finds right. a poster with that. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize the actual game was tough to find. I knew the poster was, but I, I didn't know that about the, the actual game. So it's tough yeah. to find as well. It's tough. It, it was, I think, about 100 bucks locally. And oh, then, wow. uh, just for the poster or the whole game? Just for the game. Just a loose game. Oh, okay. okay. And then Razor Knuckles was nice enough to send me the box. Oh, free. Wow. Like, awesome. oh, all right. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, big shout out to Razor Knuckles for that move. And that's really yeah. great. And that's really what Good makes man. our site really awesome, too, you know, to have members like that. So really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, Jamie, um, any any games or anything that you're playing right now? I know you're playing on the modern side. You're playing the uh, System Shock 2 right now. Are you delving yeah. into any other games at the moment? 
yeah, System Shock's the main thing right now. I'm still kind of working on my goal of finishing the entire Zelda series in order, but that's oh, yeah. pretty slow going. I'm up to Majora's Mask, which I've already beaten before, mm -hmm. and the next two games I don't actually own yet, so I'm kind of just taking my time with this uh, one because I know I'm going to be uh, at a bit of a um, stopping point pretty soon. Oh, Otherwise, awesome. though, not a whole lot. Well, uh -huh. you know, we've got our anniversary from our last Zelda playthrough coming up in January, so, mm. Mm, you know, there you go. I mean, maybe you can throw one of those in there to get uh, yeah, closer the, to your uh, goal. Now, you're playing uh, those in order, order is that right? Yeah, re uh, release order, that is, not uh, chronological order or anything. Um, chronological okay. would be a bit nuts, I think, with the uh, multiple storylines they've got going on and everything. Awesome. Cool. How about you, Aaron? Are you playing anything else right now? Um, you know, not really. Um, I gotta share the TV with the wife. Oh yeah. Uh, hi wife. Don't be so, don't be mad at him. He's yeah, she says hi. X collection. She says hi. She's yeah. walking around angry. Aaron kicked her out of the house tonight. I just want to point that out. That's a true story. <laughs> Tell me that earlier. So I hope his wife is listening to this. She actually is. She just walked through the door. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so now I gotta watch uh, what I say. That'd be nice. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you, Single Banana? What are you playing right now? Well, guys, I am playing. Um, I'm playing Nine 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 on the DS. Oh, uh, heard a lot about that one. Yeah, yeah. We actually got a recommendation to um, to play this one, uh, one of the months, and hopefully we'll go back to a handheld console. I'm really enjoying this game right now. I've just started it today. I've probably put in probably three hours or so today on it. Um, handhelds are just really easy to go through and and um, the good thing about it is that um, it has multiple endings, so I can choose other paths um, if we are to play it again. And so that's a really awesome option. So, you know, even though I'm playing it right now, it's something I enjoy enough to, you know, maybe um, if we play it another year or two, um, mm -hmm. it'd be pretty cool. So Yeah, that'd make a good playthrough, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, um, that was fun. So let's, let's kind of get into what we're here for. Uh, of course, we... Asked Aaron to be on the call because he, um, he appears to be, he and Jerry Greenwood uh, appear to be two of our Super Metroid aficionados on the site. Uh, we were really excited to have them play uh, this month with us. Uh, least excited about seeing run times of an hour and 26 <laughs> minutes, which made us completely sick. Uh, but, um, but yeah, awesome. Uh, so absolutely welcome to the show. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to Jamie just to kind of uh, talk about Super Metroid and what it's about. Yeah, uh, some basics on it. It's just a sci-fi uh, adventure game for the Super Nintendo, um, uh, released in 94. It's uh, considered by many to be the best game of all time, and uh, it was critically acclaimed, though apparently sales weren't that great. And uh, from what Wikipedia is saying here, uh, that... It didn't actually meet the requirements uh, for the Player's Choice Award, but they mm. gave it a, a, it anyways, uh, really? just because it was so acclaimed and, and wow, that's so shocking. well received. Yeah, that, um, that is shocking. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. Uh, I mean, that was the uh, implication I got through Wikipedia, anyways. Um, it wasn't too clear, but uh, they were saying that it was um, poor sales, but critically acclaimed, and so it was uh, given the award anyways. Hmm. Yeah. And that's funny because, you know, I think one of the big things this month we were talking about was how many people, this was sort of like a first time for them playing the game. Yeah, um, myself included. 
mine too. I mean, which is which is completely odd. And I know I was uh, on the forums with Jerry Greenwood um, just the other day, and he was like, I, "I can't believe you guys played this. It got like awesome reception, and everybody I knew was playing it." And that that wasn't the case for me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Jamie, I know you're younger than I am. Um, and, and Aaron told me he's, he's 30, so we've got kind of a good range. I'm 37, so kind of got a good range of, of, of when this came out. Was this, what year did this come out, Jamie? Uh, 94. 94, okay. So yep. I was a, wow, I was a junior or senior in high school when this came out. So um, uh, one of the reasons I probably never played it is because I was chasing girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> I guess. You were kind of in that middle ground where you're a little too old for it, but uh, not quite at the point where you're at the collecting nostalgia trip uh, levels absolutely i mean i think everyone goes through that there i think there's this period of everyone's life where they put down video games for a while but then they come back to them mm -hmm. and i think that was a big thing for me i think um i think in middle school i played a lot and then high school i kind of put games down and when i got back into college you've got all that free time in college right you know between classes all that time you're supposed to be studying to actually <laughs> play games and so that's my roommate and i picked that back up then yeah, that's pretty much how it worked for me too. Oh, really? Same <laughs> yeah. deal, huh? Okay. Yep. But I don't know. I was ten when this game first came out. Okay. okay. So wow. You're uh, kind of around the sweet spot, then. Now, right. did you pick it up around launch, or you know, um, soon thereafter, or when did you first I, play it? I didn't get the game until high school. Um, okay. My friend had it, so I played it at his house all the time. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So now my first. Uh, yeah, I was ten. But mm. uh, my first Nintendo game I ever played was Metroid. So when this game came out, I was really excited. You know. Oh, I was okay. like, oh yeah. <laughs> cool. So we have something in common then, because I was gonna kind of share my uh, my my testimony, if you will. Um, my first game was Metroid as well. Um, I had one Christmas, my grandmother had bought me a telescope, and it was a display telescope, and so I took it back to the store and uh, traded it in because they did not have any more for Nintendo, which my parents were really upset about. Um, <laughs> That's kind of dirty. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have any more telescopes. My, my grandmother was okay. You know, she was like, oh, I just okay. want him to have what he wants. So, you know, it was cool. But, um, so I got the Nintendo. I got it home and I realized, hey, where's the game in this Nintendo? And I had gotten it at the time they had released the ones that had the strategy guides with them. Do you guys know the strategy guides? The official Nintendo strategy guide, the black book. I know came the with guides, the I didn't actually realize it came with any systems, huh? Mm -hmm. Sure did. It actually came with the systems, and they did not have a pack-in game. So uh -huh. not only were my parents mad at me, but I had to beg them to take me to the store and loan me the money to get a game so I would actually have something to play on the system. Huh. Lo and behold, I picked Metroid and was not able to purchase another game until probably four to six months later. So this is all I had to play. Imagine that being your first Nintendo game, yeah, right? That's definitely a, a pretty a big trial by fire there. Yeah, I was what five. Oh wow! When I got Metroid, and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh. But I didn't care. It was great. Oh yeah. I, I, I got that, and I got Super Mario Brothers with it, and I was like, mm. oh I really? Metroid, so, Super Mario oh. Brothers. Really? So, so you you actually played more Metroid than Super Mario Brothers? Oh yeah, I I chose oh. it over Mario Brothers. Wow. I just that's like impressive. About it better. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, I would think most people would probably go with Mario, just being the, you know, kind of the heavy hitter of the time. You know, everyone loves Mario. Um, and a bit easier, the, I think, too. Oh, much easier, much easier. Gosh, difficulty on the first Metroid. Um, and and that that's the thing, you know, I had written down, everyone's asking me, why did it take you so long to play this game? 
And, you know, yeah, I was probably chasing girls. Uh, but the other thing was, is the first Metroid was so unbelievably difficult. And I had heard that Super Metroid was just as hard, if not harder, from so many other people. I, I don't know, but did anybody else fall onto this rumor as well? Uh, yeah, I think I felt sort of the same way that uh, the impression I got was it's a really difficult game and that every uh, 2D Metroid game was supposed to be really difficult and then you go around to playing it and it's like, oh, that's not nearly as bad as I expected. I mean, oh, there's wow. maybe three spots I kind of got a bit stuck on for a while, but nothing mm-hmm. really overwhelming. I thought yeah. it was much easier. You know, they mm-hmm. put the map in there, uh, they cleaned up the controls, you could angle your shots. It's yeah. just, it was much easier, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, really, whenever you go to map, too, it's not that difficult to uh, figure it out. And, like, if you just explore every room, if you get stuck, then eventually you'll find something to do. Yeah. For the regular Nintendo, you'd have to resort to making your own maps. Mm-hmm. And even that didn't work. Yeah. I mean, the map system in this game is 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 phenomenal. I mean, you know, it... You know, at some point we're going to talk about Symphony of the Night. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, these two games, um, you know, Castlevania borrows from this game. But one of the great things is the map feature. Um, and that you can look at the map and you can see areas that have not been explored yet. And you're able to look and try to figure out ways to explore portions of that map. So I think the map system in this game was um, in itself a fantastic add-on um, to this game. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember the original having a map, in fact. No, it didn't. You just kind of had to draw everything out block ways or uh, yeah. with grid grid paper or just, just memorize it, you know, which is probably what I did at the time when I was a kid. I, I was pretty much too lazy for graph paper, to be honest. And then one of those stupid password safe systems didn't have that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So... I want to talk a little bit about the basic story of, of what's going on here because this is the actual, you know, I, I don't know that many people know this, but this is actually sort of the, it's the third game in this series. There was, a, there was a Metroid 2 that was in between that I imagine a lot of people didn't play because it was on the handheld. Uh, it was on the original Game Boy. Um, but that second game actually really ties in the first and the third games. So I, I did want to kind of give an idea of sort of a... A uh, short history, if you will, of sort of what's going on. So, um, Aaron, you want to kind of tell us a little bit about the first Metroid game and sort of what's going on there, a little bit of the story, and, you know, just kind of summarize it, nothing nothing large. Well, yeah, the first Metroid was, uh, you know, Samus Aran, Aaron, whatever her name is. Right. Um, she was she went to the planet Zebes to eradicate the, uh, what was it, the Space Pirates, I think? Absolutely, they wanted to Space use, Pirates. Yeah, they wanted to utilize the Metroids to take over the galaxy and just wreak havoc, basically. Right, and, uh, exactly. So she killed the mother brain, escaped, you know, the galaxy was at peace. Once for again. For a minute or two or three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she oh. went to uh, the next planet, what is it, SR-388, right. I think was the name of it. And so she wanted to finish the job. She wanted to kill all of them. Yep, this is and, Metroid um, 2. That he, that yes, Metroid 2, the okay. one on the yep. Game Boy. Absolutely. And, uh so she killed most of them except for one. There was the larva that was hatched. Mm-hmm. And then it was following her around, and for some reason she didn't kill it, right? Right. That's exactly and right. Instead, she turned it over to um, you know, these scientists at a research station. And uh, I guess they figured out that they could harness the Metroid's energy for good. Right. Right, because Metroids are um, energy-draining creatures. Right. Uh, but uh, I think they were figuring out that they could 
use that for the cause of good and maybe actually um, as we actually see in this game they can actually um, add energy as well they can deplete or hand over energy and so I think that's what they were sort of looking into and yeah a little and, bit of foreshadowing there absolutely absolutely we, we don't worry about spoilers here Aaron so <laughs> sure feel free to talk so so yeah after um, she delivered the the Metroid to the series station you know she's like all right well my job's done here I'm gonna go to McDonald's Whatever she right. did, so yeah, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. And as soon as she left, you know, the station was under attack again. Mm -hmm. And then it was Mother Brain and her buddies. Yeah, they came yeah. back. Back for revenge. Drat that that old Ridley coming back. Yeah, I'm still in the old Metroid, and uh, to use it for evil once again. And that's that's where you start off in um, Super Metroid uh, with a sort of the going delivering the Metroid. Uh, going to McDonald's and then coming back <laughs> and uh, fighting Ridley, and um, that's that's where we start off in Super Metroid. So great synopsis there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just I, I do want to mention really quick. Um, if you have not played Metroid Two, um, I've been told you really need to play it. It's a it's a great game in the series, and it is often forgotten about uh, just because it is on the Game Boy. They are actually, there's a guy who's actually remaking Metroid 2 right now, and you can actually download the game. He has not finished it yet, but it is amazing. I mean, full color, complete enhancement of the graphics. Um, it's awesome. it's, it's stunning, great. and it's a, it's a great remake. I would say download it. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know if this is ever going to be taken down or, you know, how they're going to let him continue, if they're going to let him continue to do it, but... I really hope someone does contact him and and l lets him continue to do it and hopefully fingers crossed put out a physical copy of this because that would be simply amazing. So yeah, it'd be fantastic. I'd love to play that. Absolutely. And uh, seriously, check out the site when you get a chance, Aaron. It's it, it's just mind blowing what he's done with these graphics. Uh, yeah, for sure. Videos and stuff. You know, I never uh, got. I never actually played Metroid Two until uh, um, the Collector Cast when Duke was talking about his pile of shame and Metroid oh, really? Two being on his. Wow, that wasn't yeah. long ago. Either. No, it wasn't. So, did you play Metroid Two? Did you did you beat Metroid Two? Yeah, I got halfway to it, and then the the volume died on my Game Boy. So I'm Don't. like, oh great, oh. so I got to get a new one. No, well, rotten capacitors probably. Yeah, probably. probably fix that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll find one one of these days. Absolutely. Um, so, one thing that I do want to talk about is sort of the um, the obvious tie-ins to the Alien franchise and. I know this has probably been covered by a lot of podcasts and people uh, talking talking about it, but even the developer um, mentioned that there were, you know, he was greatly influenced by the Aliens movies and, uh, well, the Aliens series. And uh, I think it's pretty evident in this game um, and also in the history of Metroid. Um, I, I don't have any experience with that myself because uh, I'm not actually I'm too versed on the Alien series. I haven't seen... Any of them, actually. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, I'm not really a big uh, scary movie kind of guy, uh, but um, okay, I can definitely see like and just from vaguely knowing uh, what sort of movies there are and the connections uh, there are there. Right, um, right. It does seem like yeah. there's uh, some similarities. Well, they definitely are. Um, there's the Ridley, the boss Ridley. Absolutely. Then there, who is it, the director? Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, and then the oh, character's okay. name that Sigourney Weaver plays is Ripley. So uh, yeah, uh, obvious yep. tie-in there. Um, yep, and obvious. Samus is a female. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mother Brain is a female who she goes and battles sort of the queen alien. 
um, in the second installment, right? Um, and um, yeah, there's several. There's several, you know, just just kind of important things. Uh, let's see, uh, the obvious uh, sort of alien landscape, um, you know, in the game. Uh, I think is you know sort of another tie-in, but um, even the uh, the young Metroid um, that um, that Samus uh, attaches itself to her. There is a an, an Alien Three. There is, um, gosh, I don't I don't really want to spoil this for anyone who has not seen Alien Three, but um, it's been twenty years. Your, I'm sure it's okay now. Cover your ears. Yeah, I, don't have any plans I think someone on said that to me it, in so. a forum recently. Hmm, it's been twenty years. Yeah, that was on Twitter. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver uh, is impregnated by an alien and. Uh, sort of gives birth to a little baby alien so you know there is that obvious tie-in um as well to that portion of the series uh, Jamie, yeah. if you haven't seen these movies um, even if you're not a horror fan i would say that these movies are definitely worth checking out because to me um probably the the sci-fi um outweighs the the horror for me I, it, they never really bothered me i don't i don't know maybe i might be the only one but yeah. I know when they when they first came out, they were pretty horrific films. And they scared a lot of people. But yeah, oh, yeah uh, for sure. I'm I'm pretty uh, uh, lightweight with horror movies. <laughs> we'll say that. Uh, so uh, I think I'd probably pass, even if I know that it's supposed to be good. Yeah, but, it was pretty uh, gory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think as far as the tie-ins go, I think there's a um, a channel on YouTube, Digital mm -hmm. Gaming, I think, mm -hmm. and it talks about all the tie-ins uh, between Metroid and Aliens. It's pretty interesting to watch. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'd like to check that out for sure. Um, so, so one of the things I did want to talk about is a little bit about how Super Metroid holds up as far as being a sequel to the previous games. Um, and, um, you know, there there's obviously, um, for me, you know, never playing the second game. I feel like I missed out on some of the other things that I could definitely talk about and tie in. But from playing only the first game... Um, what I really enjoyed was the way that they incorporated some of the same weapons, uh, same abilities uh, from the first game into this one. There was a lot of what I felt like was familiar territory um, moving from only playing uh, the original on the Nintendo to playing, you know, part three on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, uh, the exact same feeling uh, myself, but it, it was in reverse because I only knew the uh, Metro Prime trilogy. And, mm -hmm. and I was going backwards with the series. I haven't played the first two. Um, and uh, I've noticed a ton of stuff that uh, the first Metro Prime game basically just copied over. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was interesting to see just how developed the series was earlier on when I thought everything felt fairly uh, new and exciting in the other ones. And it's like, oh, it's been back here too. Right. Yeah, well, it, it definitely stands out. It's um, probably easily the best game of the three. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's definitely polished up in every way. The controls, mm -hmm. um, the weapons, they they polished that up. Um, in the first game, if you remember, um, once you picked up a new weapon, you would lose your old one. That's right. right yeah, I think <laughs> but I remember in, hearing that. Yeah, and in this one, you can mix and match. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can turn off the spacer and turn on the wave beam, and you'd get a completely different outcome. You know, that's something and, I never messed with, and, and I don't know that I knew I could do that. Um, I, I could tell that you know, that there were, you know, certain attributes 
um, you know, with, you know, each weapon, but I was kind of like, I picked up the wave beam, I was like, why is, why are my shots not wavy, why do I not have the wave beam, and I, I never knew until I'd finished the game that you could actually manipulate and turn those things off, so I never really mm -hmm. got to experiment with the weaponry in this game. Did Jamie, um, being your first time playing, did you experiment a little more with the weaponry and stuff that you know you could yeah, do Yeah, I was uh, changing them around quite a bit, because it seemed like sometimes uh, certain combinations did more damage than others, and... Hmm. Um, partway through the game, I just was curious, and so I looked up a guide just to see which combinations did more damage, if at all. And mm -hmm. there was quite a bit of a difference. Like one of the combinations actually does the same amount of damage with a charge shot as a uh, super missile. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think it was like um, wave, ice, and um, plasma together. Okay. Uh, okay. I think uh, that uh, charged up uh, would give you a super missile equivalent. So okay. that was super useful against uh, Ridley because I was stuck on Ridley until I figured that out. And then uh, once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about missiles now. I can just keep using this. Okay. Well, how about, how about you, Aaron? As a seasoned gamer, are there any combinations that you like to use more than others? I mean, is this is this something you typically manipulate? You just or just go full blast, just keep firing? How, how do you play it? Yeah, I wouldn't really turn anything off. I think um, the more you pick up, you just keep using them. Um, okay. There's only a few situations I could think of where you'd turn a couple off, um, in speed runs especially. Okay. Um, you know the the Fantoon fight. You know that that mm -hmm. ghost guy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the skull. Thing. That's an aggravating one. Yes. Yeah, he's okay. he's a pain in the butt. He's very random. Um, I think you turn off. Uh, what do you turn off? The spacer. Jamie. Oh. Um. I'm. Uh, you can turn it off, but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you which just... one helped. Just keep the wave beam turned on and select power bombs. And you okay. charge that up, and uh, you get this weird shield thing. And um, a lot of speedrunners like to call it the X Factor. And right. then, yeah. as soon yeah, as Phantom opens his eyes, you try to get into the center of his eye, and it's mm -hmm. the equivalent of four super missiles at once. Oh, wow. Um, so, other than that, um, there's really no use to turn off any of the weapons. Yeah, I didn't realize just how much damage that did. I mean, I knew it seemed to help me against that boss just because it was easier to hit him, but. Um, yeah, I had no idea uh, that it was that powerful. And I honestly had no idea that these weapon combos existed. I mean, I, I think I was listening to a podcast after I'd finished my um, playthrough of the game, and I just just listened to a random podcast about it, and someone mentioned it, and I was like, no way, really? I mean, that you can really do that in this game? I mean, it, you know, it, again, it's it's another testament to this game, just how well thought out it, it was, and just all the added weaponry and... Um, you know, abilities, it's, it's mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, going all from little, one to the other. Little clever surprises that are hidden in the game. Yeah. That they don't really have to through. hold your hand. You just got to kind of figure it out on your own if you get lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll probably let you talk about those a little bit. I mean, um, what what are some of those hidden surprises that you're um, referring to? I know there's like a, like a speed ball or something like that I've, I've, I've heard about. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's this thing, it's called the mock ball. Right, um, that's it. It's uh, it's kind of like an upper level trick that uh, speedrunners use to, you know, get around the map a little easier. Mm -hmm. um, the first place you use it is to get past the spore spawn, so you don't have to fight him at all. You can skip him. Oh, wow. um, I think the first red door when you get into Brinstar on the right side, there's this disappearing bridge, and as you mm -hmm. go across the bridge, there's gates that come down. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody yep. figured out that if you jump, duck twice. And as soon as you hit the ground, you uh, maintain your running speed. So you can hmm. get across the bridge and under the gates before it closes. Wow. And uh, 
yeah, that's just one of the many things that people just figure out playing this game for hours. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily intended when they made the game, but people kind of figured it out and have exploited yeah. it. And... Yeah. And I think even though it wasn't, I think even though there are these things in this game that are not intended that, that people do exploit, I think one of the things I really like about this game is it has the feeling that it was made sp specifically for uh, people to speed run. I yeah, mean, sure maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it's all just coincidence, but but I, I feel like, you know, when you have a game and when you finish a game and it gives you your time and you get different endings based on your time, I feel like that's telling me there are quicker ways to finish this game. So, in fact, there have to be secrets and things to unlock to be able to speed run or different different places to go, you know, beforehand. Yeah. Well, it's just poor quality assurance testing. <laughs> this game is definitely very dynamic uh, mm -hmm. for speedrunning. Um, a lot of speedrunning games, um, they get kind of boring pretty quickly because, you know, the runners will, they'll exploit one game mechanic and they'll use that over and over. Mm -hmm. But in Super Metroid, there's, what, I don't even know how many, 10, 15 different tricks you got to figure out and uh, master the techniques to get through the game. Never watched a speed run. Haven't watched one yet. I'm I'm yeah, curious oh, now. Definitely so have good. to do that. Um, I think I I posted a link on the first page. There's a, a four way race between the best players in the world at last year's uh, wow. AGDQ, and they <laughs> finished the game in less than 45 minutes. Oh wow. my gosh! And that's in game time too. That's so that's from start to finish. I think um, at the end of the game, their total complete time is like less than 30 minutes. Yeah. It's wow. ridiculous. <sighs> Wow. I know uh, Metroid Prime was also a pretty uh, heavily speedrun game. Uh, like, there's a Metroid 2002 website that uh, seems dedicated to the Prime series and speedrunning them. And uh, I tried actually a few of the techniques, and some of them are pretty easy to pull off once you figure them out. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it just seems like uh, that series there uh, was really broken in a lot of ways. Like, so many ways you can glitch through walls and uh, all this different stuff to uh, sequence break and. It was pretty fun, though, just uh, fiddling around with it and experimenting and finding new ways to play. Yeah, there's, there's not so many glitches in Super Metroid or, or clips. I think there's one or two parts that you clip through to speedrun. The rest is just pure technique. Hmm. And I think that's what makes the game so good and why people keep coming back to it so much. Yeah. yeah. Not so many holes in the uh, fabric of the game. Yeah. And, and I'm not a modern gamer, um, per se. I, I play some modern games or, or more modern games. But is is that something um, sort of in the modern gaming world? Is it, are speed runs sort of still a thing? I mean, to do I mean because most of the speed runs I've seen are in you know um, probably PlayStation One and back you know games are, are modern games set up for speed running too? Is that still a thing or um, you know are they designed for that or is that something that you see mostly with retro games? No, I think it always will be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you've been to Twitch. Everybody's been to Twitch. Mm -hmm. Right, and they've got all types of games, modern, retro, people speedrun okay. it constantly. I think uh, Speed Demos Archive, um, they specialize in speedrunning, and there's nothing but modern stuff and retro stuff. Yeah, I think it's just that the retro stuff has been around more, and it's kind of more popular for these mm -hmm. kind of people who've been playing them for years, because a lot of these techniques take that much time just to figure out right, yeah. for the initial person to find them. Mm -hmm. and it's just less likely that there's going to be a modern one, uh, I think, than the retro. Yep. There still are, though, for sure, though. Um, yeah. Uh, at the AGDQ marathons, there's, you know, Wii U games that are being played. Huh. So, I think it'll always be around. It's just the community's there. 
Actually, yeah. that reminds me that a little off-topic tangent here, but uh, that uh, new uh, Sonic game, Sonic Boom, on Wii U. Uh, uh -huh. Apparently, it's already been broken, and <laughs> people <laughs> wow. are speedrunning it. And like, I think the day of release, someone beat it in an hour. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. yeah. So go to um, go to GameStop and pick up your used copies of Sonic Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Before they pass it. Or Sonic 06. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so actually, um, we, we were talking a little bit about maps earlier, and we were talking about how the game kind of works in this way of having sort of these um, uh, weapons and such that are sort of old reliables. Um, but I want to talk about some of the new weaponry that's sort of introduced in this game. And, um, Aaron, I think you'll be able to, for myself, never having played the... Um, the second one, uh, you, you know, I, I can mention some things, and I'm not sure if what's been added and what hasn't been added. I, I actually thought that the spring ball was something that had been added to Super Metroid, but in fact, I found out that's not true. That was actually in the second one as well. Was uh, which, it? Yes, it was. It's, huh. it's what, I, what I've heard, I, I think it is. I know Space Jump was as well. Um, I know there's the spider ball okay. in Metroid 2, but I don't, I don't know if I got far enough to get to the, uh, the spring ball. Okay. What what was the spider ball? If you don't mind me asking. Um, it just allows you to stick to the walls so you can climb on the ceilings and whatnot. Oh, wow, that, yeah, that's pretty cool little pretty, thing. Yeah. yeah, they carried it over to uh, Metro Prime there, and in that there's these kind of magnetic tracks, and uh -huh. it turns your ball into a magnetic uh, uh, sort of force there, and you can cling to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the things I did notice, I, I did like about the game. I did like the not only the missiles but the super missiles. The addition of that. I don't know. Again, don't know anything about the second game. I know it wasn't in the first. Um, the bombs, the super bombs, the regular bombs. I thought that was a really good addition. Mm. And then you had the the grappling beam and the X-ray scope, which pretty much covers the um, the items that were in your utility at the top of your uh, at the top of your screen. Um, the grappling beam, from what I understand, was probably a, a newer addition. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that. Uh... I think I was new to the game, new to the series. Mm -hmm. Probably added to them because of the fact that you can do those angled shots. Made it a little easier to work with that. Yeah. Right, right. And and I really, I actually really enjoyed the grappling beam. I liked the design and the idea behind the grappling beam. Um, I, I wasn't crazy about um, uh, the mechanic of it. I, I, I felt like there were a lot of rooms that I got stuck in a lot of times because I kept missing jumps because it would I would shoot it out straight or I would shoot it at an angle and I would miss my intended target. Um, I always felt like, you know, for me, I, I kind of wish that there was some sort of, um, it was sort of like there's some sort of like magnetism to it where you could just like kind of throw it out and it would hmm. automatically hit the target that you, as long as you got close enough, you know, to aim toward it. Uh, I thought that would have been a much better um, mechanic for that weapon. And that, I don't know, am I the only one here? Was, was that a little bit of an aggravating tool to use? It was a little bit uh, frustrating, but I was kind of used to it because uh, I think I mentioned somewhere that in the Worms uh, series, mm -hmm. uh, especially Worms 2 and Worms Armageddon, had the Ninja okay. Rope, which uh, worked on a very similar uh, system uh, for the uh, physics of the way you swing and jump and grab on in midair and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so that helped me a lot because I was already used to that, which I found was okay. actually more difficult than right. Super Metroid. Right. And so going into this, it sort of uh, was already ingrained in my mind on how to use it. And it didn't give me that much trouble most of the time. Just a few rooms where you were supposed to swing from one to the other all the way across a long gap. And it was pretty difficult at times. But no, I hate it was that thing. Manageable. <laughs> I hate that stupid thing. 
Oh really? <laughs> so, oh man. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only. I one. mean, <laughs> it was it was pretty easy to use most of the time. You know, when uh, all the grappling slots were just lined up perfectly. Yeah. But there's right. one room in Meridia. Yes. That constantly gave me fits. It's where, that, it's that really huge through? room, isn't it? Yes. Oh man. Yes. And there's that weird um, electric octopus floating oh, thing. Oh yes, that to the top. To, yes. And then it explodes. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Oh, oh my gosh, you read I my mind. Yeah, that's the but worst. Once you get good enough with wall jumping, it you know you kind of don't really need the grappling hook anymore. I think I was so. more frustrated by wall jumping than the grappling hook. But <laughs> yeah. I was like throwing my controller about that one. The first room we were supposed to learn how yeah. to use it. Wall jumping fun. Yeah. Uh, it's the only way well, to get around. Uh, yeah. I could, I could live without it. <laughs> it. It's it's a great it's a great device. Um, I I also was frustrated with the with the wall jumping. Uh, I mean I'll. I'll admit I had some parts that uh, were really tough for me, and there are a lot of podcasts about this out there, and everyone wants to call this the perfect game. Um, you know, my opinion is there's there's not a perfect game. I mean, there's there's always going to be something that you can look to and say that could be better. And and I understand, you know, that wall jumping is something that takes practice, but. I, w- I was watching one podcast and they were showing some video of their six-year-old uh, son wall jumping. I was like, "Well, congratulations!" You know that. I mean, that doesn't prove anything. You know, I mean, it, that that was that was really irritating to me when I saw that. I was like, "It is." I mean, for a first-time player, and you know, I mean, Aaron, I know that you've you've probably mastered this and and you understand the technique, but for a first-time player, I mean, that is a very very frustrating. Uh, part of the game to to learn and to deal with i mean there Mm. were rooms i was stuck in for you know 15 minutes or more where i I definitely threw my controller a few times um (laughs) yeah we've all been there yeah 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 no it's it's uh it's it's hard to figure out especially since uh the only way you learn the wall jump is from those three little goat dudes yeah um in the bottom of brinstar other than that you're on your own right Um, and there's no one to tell you like or, or no, there's no tutorial or anything to tell you exactly how to do it. That you got to kind of drop a little bit, um, you know. And yeah. push, you know. I think that was the best tip ever because uh, a friend of mine told me that exact same thing. He said you have to let it drop a little bit before jumping. Mm-hmm. It was like you drop opposite direction on the D-pad and then hit A, like all in that order every time. Yeah, um, sort of with the space jump too, right? You got to drop well, a little bit. Yeah, I hate the. I think the space jump has more problems than the wall jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the opposite. I think uh, the space jump was a little easier, at least for me, anyways. Well, I mean, I, I just didn't understand it. Sometimes <laughs> you'd be jumping, and then for no reason, you'd just fall. You'd plummet. Yeah, I guess that was a problem sometimes. You have to drop a little bit. The space jump for me was easy to go. Like if I was going completely horizontally, it was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was like going uh, vertically. It became tougher because a lot of times you were in tight spaces and you had to change direction. Yeah, and you would go right. out of your spin, and yeah. that that's where you would always run into problems. That's where it killed um, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think so, I found it easier if you um, kind of combine that with the wall jumping. Like if you need to go higher, changing direction to just do a quick wall jump if you were able to. Mm-hmm. And I found that uh, made the direction change a lot easier. Right. Right. I can see that. So you got to see some of these freak speedrunners do these wall jumps <laughs> uh, though. I'm sure. It's I'm sure. Yeah. Man. I'm sure I mean, it's amazing. And and knowing that it's, you know, it's possible for people to do this and for people to master this technique. I mean, it makes me feel a lot better about the game, but you know, for for a beginner, um it, it's it, it it's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow. It's it's a tough mechanic to learn. Yeah. So. So, I just want to go ahead and get that gripe out of the way because I mean, yeah. it's, uh, 
you know, if you haven't if you haven't been on the forums, I mean, this this game's fantastic. I mean, I I think I think everyone, especially the people who've played it for the first time, are really really enjoying this game. So. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think so, uh, who is it? Um, I think Sloman, Metal Fro, uh-huh. and Monster Tomster, and you two uh-huh. guys. It was your first time playing this game. That's right. And uh, that's right. it's interesting to at least five uh, people. Yeah, that's 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 kind of unusual because of how popular this game is. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't yeah. expect so many people to be the first time playing through it. Yeah, and out of the people who uh, signed up to play with us so far, only had two that, um, as of this recording, haven't started it yet. But everyone right. else uh, in the whole list here has at least started, if not finished it. Yeah. And while we're at it, let me go ahead and just mention the names of the people we have participating this month. Sure. So um, this is a, little, a good little segue here. We've got uh, Beauchamp, who has not started it yet. Um, as of this recording, I might say, uh, Duke Togo is actually joining us this month. We're really happy to have him uh, from the Collector Cast. I'm sure many of our listeners are listening to the Collector Cast too. If you're not, uh, be sure to check them out on Podomatic or at CollectorCast.com. Um, Duke has finished the game already. Um, In one sitting, I might add. Absolutely. And I, I don't know that, was this his first time playing? No, I don't, I don't think it was his first time playing. I don't but think so. I don't no. think so. No. I think he finished in like six hours. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. Jamie and I both finished in a little over eight, which I thought was pretty good for a first time. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Jerry Greenwood um, is playing it as well, and uh, he's another one of these guys that uh, um, you know loves to speed run this game. Uh, Metal Fro, one of our one of actually our new site members, um, and I think it's Monster to Master. I think that's how that's pronounced. Um, The way it's sort of written out. Yeah, the the vowels are taken out. So if if I'm pronouncing that wrong, you know, uh, call me out on the forums, please. That makes Uh, a lot more sense than Monster Tomster. (laughs) (laughs) And it could be Monster Tomster. Yeah, I don't know. Monster to Master. I don't, whatever. So anyway, he's playing it uh, for the first time. Uh, Rado is playing it, uh, who was actually on our podcast before, uh, Mr. From Down Under. Um, of course, Retro Rage, who is joining us on the call right now. Myself, Slowman, who I'm really surprised has never played this game because he is a Castlevania Symphony of the Night freak. And seeing him play this game for the first time is is pretty, A, shocking because he loves Castlevania so much. And then just seeing his comment on the forum about how, I think, what did he say? I started at noon and it's 9 o'clock now and I'm still playing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did not put it down. I think I read that he was lost for hours just trying to <laughs> find his way around. But he's like, but I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. that's the best way to play this game. Just don't yep. care. And uh, I really feel like uh, if someone likes Castlevania, they need to play this game. And vice versa. If you like yeah. this, you need to play Castlevania. It's funny because I was really the opposite of Sloman. You know, I'm a black belt in this game, but I've never picked up Symphony Tonight. Wow. So as soon as I played that, I fell in love with it. You know, yeah. Where's it been my whole life? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, I don't think we could have picked two better games to play side by side, hmm. and not be on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we we had planned out Castle. The funny thing is, we'd planned out Castlevania Symphony of the Night for, you know, since last October. I said I'm doing another Castlevania game. I'm going to do Symphony of the Night. Everybody loves Symphony of the mm-hmm. Night. Let's let's do that. So we'd planned it, you know, for for a year or more, and then. Um, Everyone was clamoring about playing Super Metroid, so Jamie was like, "I think I'm gonna do Super Metroid." You know, we did a we've been doing a lot of PlayStation games. I'm gonna go back to the Super Nintendo. I think I'm gonna do Super Metroid. She's like, "All right, cool. We'll do that in November." You know, and so there, there we out. go. It did. It did. worked out perfectly. Worked out. Really um, well. And then I'll mention. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, Jamie's playing, of course. Um, and then one more player, we've got uh, Wimpster, um, who mentioned the other day that he was just now getting started, that he was oh, going okay. to be late uh, getting started on this, but that he That's was good. playing this month. So I do think we're going to have full participation yeah, on that'd be awesome. everyone um, you know, who said that they were going to play this month. So Yeah, it's always a little bit rare to get full participation because some people, uh, they think they can play and then at the last minute something comes up where they're busier than they expect it to be. And it's always nice when you can get uh, everyone who signed up is uh, fully able to play through. Yeah, yeah. We get that a lot on the playthroughs. We get a lot of people who, you know, are really excited when we announce the game. They want to play it, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. It happens to all of us, and um, you know, it, it's unfortunate. We we love to talk to people on the forums about these games, and um, it just it just makes it so much more exciting during the month to to see that um, to see those pages start filling up on the forums. And yeah, in the last two months, it's been happening a lot. You know, a lot of good discussion. And, I was going to say, we've got to uh, hopefully get more participation on uh, System Shock there because uh, it's a lot of fun so far. And I definitely think it deserves more attention than it's getting. But yeah, so we've um, we've had a good month and just really, really happy about the participation with this game. Mm -hmm. um, we, we did mention a little bit about the controls. We're, we're talking about the jumping, which we've, we've gotten into a little bit already. Um, but there's something else that you can really do in this game that, that I really think is cool and a great addition. And that's the crouching. Um, from the first game, anytime you would push down, you would automatically turn into the the morph ball. But now they've added a sort of a crouching feature, which I think is, um, it makes sense, right? It just makes sense. I mean, everyone should be able to crouch without turning into a ball. Yeah, Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, that's a great feature. There's the shooting also, um, where you can shoot in different directions. And um, um, from what I know of Metroid 2, that was a... Um, that was something you could also do in Metroid 2, was at least shoot down, I know. Yeah. Um, you can crouch too, can't you? I can't remember. I think um, you can crouch. Again, I've only watched a little bit of the uh, gameplay, so um, I don't know, but but possibly. Um, but um, just kind of tying into that, I, I just really think that, you know, this being a sequel, uh, you know, everything that's added on, from the first game, because really, again, for me, that's the only two I had to compare um, in in my experience. But everything that's added on just feels so wonderful and and necessary. Nothing feels nothing feels forced. It all works well and is integrated well into the game. Um, you know, you have to pick up certain items and you can't move on to other areas until you've actually picked up certain items. It it just it just really flows well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in that sense, I think uh, they did that a lot with a lot of Super Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of them are kind of remakes more than sequels, and Super Metroid is no exception. It's kind of a tip of the cap to the old game. You know, they start you out in the first part, mm -hmm. the same place yeah. starts you out in the first game, and yeah, yeah absolutely, definitely some connections there. And, right. Uh, uh, also, uh, what you're saying there about the crouching. Um, have you guys heard of the uh, sort of reception of Super Metroid uh, and um, <laughs> uh, people uh, who have never played it before and mostly younger gamers uh, on the virtual console. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard yeah. of this? I've seen the tweets and the pictures. Yeah. Uh, why can't Metroid crawl? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these new gamers do, uh, uh, they know how to crouch, but then they don't know how to turn into the morph ball. And, uh, it's like uh, people just don't quite understand how old games work for some reason. I always <laughs> found that really hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. 
Anytime I have the opportunity to laugh at younger gamers, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kidding, all of our younger listeners, please follow yeah. us. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of great things going on in this game. Um, we were talking about shooting in different directions. Um, I really like the controls, how um, the, the actual Super Nintendo controller, you can use the um, your, your, your top buttons, your left and right top buttons, um, to, um, to one points up and then one points down. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you do both together, it points straight up. Oh, really? Really? I, I didn't even know that. that. No? Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I figured out something that the, the old pros didn't. <laughs> wow. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I think in the instruction manual it mentions that, uh, uh, like, if you hold both of them, uh, it'll point straight up. Ah, who needs a manual? Oh. <laughs> Don't need no stinky tutorials. Yeah. yeah. I, I found it pretty useful on a couple of bosses, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. On Fantoon, it was pretty helpful. And Ridley, probably, too. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I guess the one of the other small issues that, that, that I maybe had about the game involved the controls and that was the um the switching between the um the um the sort of the six different weapons up top mm. uh your super missiles missiles bomb super bombs and uh i guess it was only five uh super bomb um your grappling hook and your x-ray scope i, I lo- by the way i love the x-ray scope edition of this game i thought that was fantastic yeah it's mm. so um, fun searching yeah. every room looking for little paths and it's great yeah. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like okay, well, let's try to make this game a little less annoying um, than the first game, and and allow people to actually look for these spaces that they can bomb or you know mm. whatever too. Um, but as I was kind of going back to what I was saying about the controls, I I wasn't a, a real big fan of using the select button to move between items. Um, yeah, it's a bit tedious sometimes. Yeah, that that this, that button being sort of close to your directional pad finger, and you know just having to. You know, switch over and and hit that. It's 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 a little tedious. Um, well, I, you I, didn't have to. You could also item cancel. Yeah, for canceling, but I if mean you to pre- actually select it initially yeah. too. Yeah. I think you press X. I think it just cancels it and it takes you back to your normal beam. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, to get out of it, but uh, to initially choose each of the items. Oh, right. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, it's it's a small gripe. You know, I I. I for me, what would have been great is to being able to map it to uh, maybe the left and right buttons and and move left and right, you know, with the left and right buttons doing that. But that would have taken out the directional, um, you know, so the directional pose for shooting, which would, you know, would present you know another problem, you know, just using the directional pad to try to fire at an angle, which is, you know, much tougher. Hmm. Um, so you know, you know, for me, it's 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 a small thing that that I would have probably liked to seen improved, but. But again, you know. Yeah, I think the way I would have liked to have it is have it where you uh, you hold up and then hit uh, some combination of buttons. Maybe just like hold up and then hit X or Y, and uh, that uh, um, instantly selects uh, one of two items, and then maybe L and R for some other ones, and yeah, something like that, you know. Yeah, but you know, for for the effort and the time that this game was released, I mean, you you know, there, there's not a lot you can say about that, or uh, you know, not a lot negative you can say about that, so. Yeah, so it wasn't I, a big deal, but just a yeah. little bit annoying at times. Yeah, I thought the controls overall for this game were extremely smooth and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just really well done and, and felt, you know, just felt felt really nice. Yeah, so. you can uh, move really quickly through the whole world, and uh, it was uh, great, like, uh, you get into the rhythm of wall jumping and uh, all that once you figure it out. And 
Uh, you just fly through everything and blasting your way through. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. That's one thing. Movement is definitely perfect. Mm -hmm. There's, there's yeah, not, yeah. I have one complaint, not one complaint about it. Right. And, and you know, I mean, with, with the with the fluidity of movement, it, it, it works well with the sort of the backtracking element of this game as well. I mean, you know, with everything being so fluid and, and, and getting these upgrades and items and stuff, even if you have to backtrack to certain areas, it's usually smooth and fast. Mm -hmm. uh, unless you're going through Meridia where you got to use that grappling hook in that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, something else that, that I really liked about the game is um, the enemies and the sub-bosses and the bosses mm -hmm. and um, how how a lot of these things were even a kickback to the original game. You see a lot of the same... Um, you know, enemies, we, we see this a lot in the Castlevania series where, you know, you have a lot of enemies and, um, you know, sub-bosses like Death who will continually make appearances in games. And, and for me, I really feel like characters like Kraid and Ridley are as much a part of this game as Mother Brain. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're in every game. And I mean, they feel like if you don't have those two there, I mean, it just it's like this can't be a Metroid game, right? Yeah, it's definitely a tip of the cap to the old games. You love to see them. Yeah, yeah. they, they got to be in there. They did kind of drop out um, create from the newer ones, but uh, they kept Bradley through most of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even even like um, another tip of the cap I notice is like when you're going to. Um, and forgive me, I, I can't remember the name of the uh, the area where Mother Brain is at at the end of the game. Uh, Turian. Yeah. Turian, that's right. Um, even like from the first game, there's this part where you have to shoot these, in the original Metroid, you have to shoot the crate in Ridley statues after you've beaten it, and it forms the bridge that goes under those statues. Yeah. And it's a, there's a very similar moment in Super Metroid where you've beaten all the bosses and the little gems uh, bust. Yeah. From that that giant sort of amalgamation of all the sub-boss statues. Yeah, I really and, like that. Uh, yeah, it's a nice yeah. little touch. It's like the soul escapes. Mm. Right, right, and that's a really nice sequence too. I just want to point out, it's a really cool like it's it's a longer sequence. It's sort of animated, you know, where um, before you go to Turian, it's it's a just a really nice moment in the game as well. But uh, but yeah, it's just something that that um, you know for me, from the first game to this game, and just it, it really felt like. I don't know. It kind of felt like I was home again, you know, as I was playing. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. Oh, I hated these guys in the first game. Yeah, all right, here they are again. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, or, or the little bees that come out of the pipes where you can, like, shoot those oh, and you can just yeah. exploit that to fill up your energy tanks. Mm, yeah, I mean, little that's something you did in the first game all the time, you know? So great. Yeah, I spent probably a good 10 minutes at the end of the game there just uh, getting all my missiles back up to maximum before going to the final boss. So... Kind of here, I guess I want to move on and talk a little about the music of the game and um, get both your thoughts on that. So. I love the music. Yeah. yeah so good. It, it fits the atmosphere of the, the game perfectly. I think um, if I uh, had a favorite track, I'm going to have to go with the uh, uh, southern um, Brinstar uh, depths, uh, like the lower depths. Yeah. Uh, that one's really mm -hmm. good. You'll have to post that. You want to sing that for us? You want to, you want to hum that for us? No, I'm kidding. No, it's the uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's the one with the um. It's actually kind of got a little bit of a almost whistling uh, to it, uh, and it's got that, yeah. a really deep bass that's uh, just kind of going throughout the whole thing. And the piano melody. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. No, I I like every song in the game. Um, I think it it fits every environment perfectly. You know, when you yeah. first land on Criteria, 
you know, it's it's kind of desolate and dark, and you know, there's lightning striking, and uh, then when you get to Brinstar, it's kind of like a jungleish theme. Yes. Uh, when you get to Norfair, it it kind of sounds like it's really hot. Hmm. Right. And, uh, I think everything just fits really well. Yeah. There's some of the music that's a little more. Um, there's sort of different types of music in the game. There's like, there's some of the music that's more peppy and sort of encouraging, you know, like to push on, uh, more kind of adventurous type music. And then there's some music that's just very like dread and isolation kind of mm. themed. If if that makes if that makes sense. I think those themes, the kind of darker ones, I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed more. I, I found mm-hmm. the peppy ones felt almost a bit cheesy or like mm-hmm. uh, it just didn't quite fit as nicely. I thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of them, uh, like the uh, uh, that theme, um, I think it's in Meridia. There's a nice one there that's uh, pretty quiet, kind of like the Rainstar Depths one, and uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And again, a, another kind of tip of the cap back to the original game. Some of the music um, in Super Metroid is basically just kind of um, redone music from the first game and just yeah. kind of you know just just uh, music from the first game on steroids if you will yeah um, yep the item fanfare yes when you pick yes. the new item um when you're in a secret room mm-hmm. yeah just, and just a lot of good throwback even turian when you're mm-hmm. on a way to fight mother brain mm-hmm. it's the same yeah, music sure. it's just punched up a little bit oh right on so we, we talked about the music we talked about some of the areas in the game and how that relates to the music or are there any areas uh, that were particular favorites of yours or least favorites of anyone's? Um, I think I liked I, I liked Norfair once I got the various suits just mm-hmm. because it felt awesome being able to finally go through there. It's like, uh, oh, this place was just a wall to me before now. Mm-hmm. I can breeze through it and it's uh, pretty awesome. And good environment and everything, especially with Krakenmire there, which... Uh, we oh, didn't yeah. actually mention. Uh, I think we should uh, say something about him. Uh, I love Krakenmire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, that's one of the greatest animated sequences in the game too. Yeah, how the cool melting is skin that? coming off of him and the skeleton is still trying to attack you. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Norfair was probably one of my favorites. I I don't know if I would say I had any least yeah. favorite areas. I um, think I would say Norfair is my favorite too. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Aaron? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Once you get the speed boosts or the speed jumper, you know, there's big gaps you get a jump, and yeah. it's just a lot of fun to wall jump and play around. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the screw attack and just flying through enemies. Yeah, it's the best. So, listeners, you heard it here first. Norfair is the best area. <laughs> three out of three. And Meridia is uh, the worst. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That uh. is the worst. That is what I was going to add is my worst. Um, Actually, I think um, if I was going to say worst, I think for myself it would have to be the wreck ship. Uh, where Fantoon was located. Um, uh, Meridia was frustrating, but I'd say that was worse to me. Really? Just Yeah, I just uh, it was so difficult until you got the power back on, I mean, after beating Fantoon. But up to that point, uh, I was having a lot of trouble getting through there and dying a lot. That's fairly early on, though. I mean, in the yeah, indirect ship. I, th- uh, I think it was just uh, too few energy tanks, I think, when I went mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of uh, spoiled my experience there a bit. So was the area more aggravating for you, or was it the boss? That was more aggravating for I think it was a combination area. of both, because I know mm-hmm. that there were some rooms in there where I was having a lot of trouble, and it seemed like I was losing most of my health with them. Mm-hmm. And, and then the boss, obviously, was a big problem. Uh, but um, No, yeah, I'd say I had more trouble with that, because I think when I got to Meridia, I just kind of felt a bit more prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one, I wasn't quite ready, because everything before that uh, was relatively easy. And then he hit Merit- uh, the wreck ship, and it's pretty big spike in difficulty, I felt. 
You know, it's funny about the wrecked ship when the power's off. Um, there's a secret wall you have to bomb, and on the other side, there's a room of spikes, and at the end of the room, I think, there's a missile pack. Oh, okay. Um, but if the power's off, the spikes don't hurt you. But as soon as the power comes on, they hurt you. Huh. So oh, spikes yes. are only sharp when the power's on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. So it's, it's just kind of a funny little room, thing. Maybe, and uh, uh, just saw spikes and assumed it was going to hurt me and left. You never know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So we talked a little bit about the backtracking, um, and um, we can't get away from discussing this game and comparing it to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, um, mm -hmm. which is notorious also for its backtracking element. Um, I say notorious because people talk about that all the time. It's you know, referred to as the Metroidvania, where I believe probably this game is Super Metroid is probably where that term really um, kind of started, you know, in comparison yeah, to Super Metroid. Yeah, are really similar. Um, uh, even the map feels like it's the same map system almost uh, mm -hmm. between the two of them. A little bit. Right, right. And that whole idea that you have to have certain items to... Yeah, to progress. To, yes. Um, Aaron, oh. uh, did you have something to add to it? Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to mention something. Um, Jerry Greenwood mentioned that uh, in Symphony of the Night, um, a lot of the backtracking is just basically trying to get to a higher ledge. Mm -hmm. And after you yeah, get... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, after you get the... Um, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it, but the big jump where you can jump twice in a row and then getting the bat. Once you get those oh, two, you can yeah. basically get around everywhere. Hmm. Right, um, yeah, sort of the double jump and then the bat. Yeah, and in yeah. Super Metroid, um, you kind of have to be you have, you have to be a little more critical thinking to get around. you got to bomb a certain wall here and there to get back to where you were. Hmm. So I think Super Metroid's a little more clever. Right, yeah, I, I think um, uh, I felt the same way because um, I was trying to think about how they compare earlier, and it seems like in Castlevania... The backtracking almost seems a little unnecessary. Like uh, you know, you can get somewhere, but you're just kind of forced to backtrack. Whereas yes. in um, uh, Super Metroid, it's like uh, you uh, are given this area where there's just nothing you can do, and you're like, okay, I'm totally stuck here, so I have to backtrack. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I, I can find a new item and then uh, come back to here later and uh, do it a little better. Yeah, Super Metroid seems to be have a little more complex system, as you mentioned before, because mm -hmm. you're going to run into a lot of those doors that are green for super bombs or, uh, excuse me, super missiles or the orange ones for the super bombs. And so, you know, you come across a lot more of those than you do, say, like, um, you know, grates where, you know, like only mist can pass and things of that nature. You know, there's only like a handful of those in uh, Symphony of the Night, whereas mm -hmm. Metroid... Um, you know, you really have to, um, really have to kind of keep in mind where those things were. And I thought it was a lot tougher, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of store that in my, in my head as I was playing. And, you know, a, a lot of things that I went back and found, um, yeah. were just sort of like, okay, I ran up on a door that had not been bombed yet or, um, you know, uh, hit with a missile. But I think that's, that's one of the great things about Super Metroid. You don't have to, uh, bomb or missile those doors again i mean mm -hmm. once once you take them mm -hmm. out they turn blue and you're you know you're able to um to know where you've been right i mean it, it just makes it so much easier and yeah i would have been really annoyed items yeah i would have been really annoyed if i had to uh use missiles on those every single time especially the red doors with five of the regular missiles uh, yeah you know it's funny about um seeing those doors when you first see those doors you're like oh i can't wait to get a power bomb so i can come back and hit that later 
But then when you yeah. do finally backtrack and go open that door, you open it up and it's like a, a missile recharge. You're like, what? <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's disappointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the missile recharges were, were pretty cool. Um, I did at one point, uh, just to mention this, I, you know, I, I found all but one energy tank and one reserve tank. And I did go into my reserves. I think it was against uh, Ridley. I ended up going into my reserves and um, went um, went back to a room uh, to recharge my energy in an energy charge room. And it does not fill your reserves. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. Uh, you actually, but you, if you go back to the ship, um, your ship, it will fill your reserves. As well as your missiles, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's one way to to get it all back. But from what I recall in the game, that's the only place that you can do that and get those reserves filled again. Hmm. Yeah, and the missile recharges won't refill your super missiles either. That's kind of annoying. right. Right. Exactly. So, well, um, I think we we talked about speed running quite a bit um, and what makes this game really great for that. If Aaron, if you had anything to add to you know previous conversation about that, you're welcome to do so. Yeah, there's a few things. Um, I think it's just so dynamic. Um, right. There's a bunch of categories for it. You know, there's finishing the game with 100%. There's any percent, uh, low percent ice. There's reverse boss order, mm-hmm. where you fight Ridley first, and then uh-huh. Dragon, and then Fantoon, and then Kraid, wow. which is crazy, trying to get through Lower Norfair with no gravity suit, constantly refilling your life. It's constantly draining. Yeah, it's it's madness. Wow. Um. Yeah, that's the whole different levels be running, like not even just uh, sequence breaking or something. You actually have to be really good at what you're doing there for. Oh, absolutely. Imagine trying to get through uh, Meridia without the gravity suit. Yeah, I don't even see how that's possible. It must be some secret jumping technique, I guess. Yeah, some people have figured it out. Um, Yeah. I've I've heard the, um, the bombs to reach different ledges, and I've heard of people even sitting metronomes to, um, to be able to bomb, to, to bomb jump. Mm-hmm. Um, just... I actually managed to figure out the bomb jump somehow on one of the room. There's this one place where it, I think it was required to mm-hmm. get through this like maze of bomb pathways to uh, get a power bomb upgrade, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I somehow managed to do it. I think the only reason I was able to do it was because I had some experience from Metroid Prime where they really use that a lot more frequently okay. as an actual technique for just basic gameplay. Yeah, it's basically timing. Once you figure out the bomb jump, it's pretty easy to do. Hmm. But I did feel like it was more difficult in this than in Metro Prime. Like the timing was a little touchy. Really? Yeah, I haven't played any of the Prime games, so I haven't either. I, I haven't played any first-person shooter uh, Metroid games. I'm really not a fan of first-person shooters, and to me, Metroid's just something that, to me, is just it's a it's a two D game. You know, it, it's always been a platformer. It's always been a two D game. Um, not to say that I don't own, um, you know some of these Metroid titles, and I, I would like to play them at some time. Um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend the first Metroid Prime, because that one, to me, felt like they basically just remade Super Metroid in 3D, mm-hmm. uh, except for it's, some of the bosses in the areas are different, but it's, like music's carried over. I mean, the Norfair music is there, and, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other ones, and uh, so many of the items are back. It's just uh, really good. Uh, like, okay. uh, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I've yeah, got both the that, Primes. Um, Maybe I should plug yeah. those in. Yeah, yeah it's definitely try. worth trying. Um, if you can get past the kind of awkward GameCube, the first-person shooter controls, uh, the rest of it's pretty good. Just uh, the key to the controls is really locking on to everything. 
Um, once you get the hang of that, like, and just like in the, the 3D Zeldas, if you lock onto everything, you'll be pretty good. Yeah, and I've heard the um, the uh, the two games on the Game Boy Advance are, are really, really good as well. So Yeah, I've heard that too, but I haven't had a chance to try those ones. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get my Retron 5 for Christmas, because that way I can pop those games and huh. um, you know in and, and play those uh, you know on the big screen, which would be nice. I mean, I know there's the, the GameCube adapter, but... Uh, I don't have one of those, and but I'm I'm really excited about the Retron Five, and maybe get to do a little recording of uh, some of our playthroughs as well on that. So that'll be, that'd be pretty cool. cool. That'd yeah, be nice. Yeah. yeah. Well. Um. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say at the, at the rate the uh, Retron Five is going, it's gonna be two hundred and fifty dollars by the time Christmas comes out. <laughs> to, keep, <laughs> to keep jacking up the price on that thing. Oh, well, really? I've got huh? uh, yeah yeah. Well, I've got yeah. some locally. I got mine for one fifty locally. So um, yeah, the guy um. Uh, uh, the guy that owns the store near me has uh, a few more, so if uh, if you're interested, uh, talk, we can we can talk after the call. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, kind of some final thoughts and observations I had, and uh, it'll be a time for you guys to talk about some of your other thoughts or anything else you wanted to talk about with the game. Um, one of the things was as I was playing it, I was like, would you consider this game a, a horror title? You know, not only like a platformer, but a but a horror title. I know our our perception of games is typically when we think horror, we think you know Resident Evil and you know games of that nature. Uh, but uh, just kind of curious, you guys' thoughts on that? I can I can kind of see. Go ahead. Okay, I can kind of see where you're going with that, but that's more sci-fi than anything. I think it it kind of makes you feel um, alone. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's solitude. You're by yourself. It's mm-hmm. very desolate. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it horror. There's a few aspects, maybe, but right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much my thoughts on it too. Uh, there's aspects of horror, but I don't think it's outright a horror game. Um, just certain things like the Krakomeyer boss is uh, pretty uh, terrifying with his death, you know, yeah. and, and like Fantoon and some of the areas are kind of creepy. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think for the most part, it's not really much of a horror game. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree that it's more of a sci-fi game than a horror yeah. game. Uh, I definitely think it does have certain elements in it, you know, like um, like Aaron mentioned with the the whole isolation aspect of the game. The mm. the music to me is some of some of the music, not all of it, but um, some of the music is um, you know you could you could definitely use as a horror soundtrack if you you know yeah. listen to some of the tracks. I mean they're they're pretty creepy, and you know that whole idea of you know being alone and uh, I, I guess you know sort of the the game's relation to the Alien series. Mm. Um, you know, which again, as as I mentioned to Jamie, I, I think it's something you should definitely watch because I think it's definitely less of a horror film than it is a sci-fi um, film. And, yeah, and we'll see. <laughs> well, at least the first two movies, man, they they mm. are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say that the uh, the second film is Aliens is uh, is a lot more jumpy than the first, but uh, I definitely think it's something you should definitely check out. Um, the other thing I had is. And uh, just to get you guys' opinions, is this the best game on the Super Nintendo? I don't feel like I really have the experience to say one way or the other because I haven't played a huge amount of Super Nintendo games. There's some heavy hitters that I have yet to try, like the uh, the two Final Fantasies and mm-hmm. um, some other big ones on the systems. So very safe answer, James. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I feel like I almost now you pref- won't get yelled at. But yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I kind of almost preferred Chrono Trigger a bit more than this, um, yeah. just because there were some more frustrating parts in this. But then Chrono Trigger, I felt like I was enjoying it the entire way through. Right. Okay. How about you, Aaron? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's easily my favorite game on the system. The SNES, not the SNES, Bill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now we have no. guests calling you guys out. All right. I like it. <laughs> it absolutely is. I mean, I, I, I love this game. I can't stop playing it. I can't get enough of it. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm always on Twitch watching people speedrun it. Um, once a week, there's a big Super Metroid race on speedruns live, and there's like 30 people playing the oh, game wow. at the same time. Well, and I try crazy. to watch it when I'm not getting yelled at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love this game. It's easily top two or three favorites of all time. Okay. Okay. Well, that that was where my next question was going. Um, you know, do you think this is one of the best games ever? And and uh, I think you've you've answered that, Aaron. I mean, if you care to elaborate, please feel free. Well, it's just so polished. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, at the time. Uh, what do you put up much... there with it? For the system or all time? Well, just all time, I guess, or or system, either one. Um. Well, I have weird personal preferences. Like, uh, I like Zelda two a lot better than yes. the first one. Okay, um, that's a little weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. <laughs> wait, I was like Zelda two. Wait a minute, no, no, I'm not thinking about Link to the Past. All right, no, all right. Yeah, you Zelda lost Zelda me. Zelda Go ahead, though. Continue. But no, for me, it's just the perfect game. Um, I don't like having my handheld when I'm playing games, so I don't like sitting through 45 minute tutorials. Hmm. Um, I just think the music fits the atmosphere. Um, again, yeah. the controls are perfect. I think the bosses are, uh, you know, they're balanced the way they should be. Mm. And uh, oh, by the way, um, as far as the enemies go, I don't think the enemies were that hard. I think the environment was more difficult than the enemies themselves. Does that yeah, make sense I agree to you? With that, um, the final boss, uh, I really noticed that, like the, the constricted space, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, with the mother brain there in the uh, test tube thing. Um, just uh, wandering around all the uh, little platforms yep. that you're supposed to get to. Uh, that's yeah. uh, the bigger problem than the actual fight itself. Yeah. Yep, that's so. uh, and, and that's again, that's a throwback to the original. I mean, the original is all about um, standing in the right place, moving about, and, and dodging the atmosphere more than it was. You know, Mother Brain's not firing at you. Yeah. Of course, Mother Brain in this game is a lot easier. I mean, takes a lot less bombs. Than the um, the mother brain missiles, I mean, than mother brain in the um, the original game. Uh, what, are, what are those things? The round things called? Are they called like rinkas or something like that? Is that? I don't know. I, I just call them Cheerios. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flaming Cheerios. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, Metroids, and that that's pretty much the only two bosses. Um. You know, in the in uh, Torian in the yeah. uh, the original game. So. But yeah. So, other than that, um, I'm just. You know, nostalgic for it, obviously. Yeah. It's just well, let, okay. fun to play. All right. Um, well, I like the art direction. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Up. Go ahead. I, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> please, please. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I love the art direction of the game. I just think it's uh, perfect for me. I don't know. It's fun to play. Yeah. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. I, uh, actually, speaking of the art direction, I, I really like how each of the locations kind of transition into each other. Like, it feels smooth and not so uh, jarring. Yeah, um, seamless. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty seamless. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think was a vast improvement over the first game is the areas really tie in well together. Mm. You, can move, you can move from area to area really well. Um, and I know, like, with things like speedrunning, I mean, that, you know, that, that definitely, like, improved um, 
you know, people's enjoyment of doing things of that nature, uh, you know, by being able to figure out these different patterns and, and kind of being go, being able to go around in sort of a loop instead of, uh, you know, doing a, a ton of backtracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that's great. Um, I, I think Aaron, you, you mentioned something about the art and, um, there's just some, I mean, you know, I mean, this game's on the Super Nintendo and there's just some really cool stuff, you know, going on in this game. I mean, especially, and we'll, we'll talk about the last fight as well with, with Mother Brain, the, like, the drooling, you know, like, yeah. and then, like, sort of the, the acid breath. and It's all the little details, like, the little touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, um, but um, just to kind of get to the, to the end of the game and, and talk about that a little bit, the Mother Brain battle is not an excessively difficult one there's not a lot to dodge but i I feel like that battle was less about the difficulty of a final boss and more about tying the entire story together if that makes sense that's what i felt too it also borderline scripted like not obviously not entirely but it just felt like you're supposed to nearly die and then you're supposed to get revived, and then you get that super-powered beam weapon, and uh, it's pretty much game over at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's really not that hard. Yeah. Um, when they're speedrunning this game, um, they can beat it with three energy tanks. Wow. That's, that's all it takes. Um, so yeah, basically you use all your missiles, your super missiles, you, she beats you up a little bit, and then she hits you with that power attack, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that rainbow laser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and for me, I felt like the hardest thing with the game, especially the first time I I went through and, and beat it, I, I did have a good save point, and I, I beat it again with my um, uh, with my kids in the room. My kids love watching me play. I've mentioned this before, and uh, maybe I'll get Jamie to throw up a few tracks. But uh, I actually recorded, put the mic in the room, and recorded them talking about it, which is pretty hilarious i've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old and for them talking about mother brain and uh you know that final battle was cool uh but one of the most i I guess more frustrating parts the first time i went through the game was it's the difficulty in the battle is not beating mother brain but just getting out after you after you beat her i mean the first game first metroid it's like okay you 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 beat um you beat mother brain you just make a series of fairly safe and easy jumps if you fall a few times then it's not the end of the world to get out but this was um had a, an almost a, a maze aspect to it as well right yeah it's definitely a, a bit of a maze to get through the game i mean what did you guys think about the ending were there any did you guys have issues like i did uh, not, yeah. i don't know it, it felt like it was kind of steering you uh, a little bit i mean it was still a maze and i was feeling like uh, I was uh, on the edge of dying at certain points, but I don't know. Uh, it wasn't too difficult, I found. It was a little tougher. They threw in some, energy, or some enemies. Um, you know, there was steam that would randomly hurt you and knock you back. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know if I remember correctly. The, it doesn't tilt, does it? It only tilts in the beginning, right? At the series station. It doesn't tilt mm-hmm. at the end. It just shakes around. I think right. so. And, yeah. yeah. And then it, uh, you know, it comes full circle. It connects you right back to that same hall. Mm-hmm. In the first Metroid game, before you yep. leave the station, so right, nice little right. touch. Yeah, nice little touch area of uh, familiarity, and yeah, like you said, from the first game, a nice little throwback to, um, you know, once again, you know, going uh, vertical, you know, to reach that that area. But you do have to make it back to your ship, um, and as some of you know, you can save some 
little animals on the way, which does not improve your completion percentage, I've heard. It's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> but I think maybe it was um, maybe it was Jerry that uh, mentioned that uh, there's like a little, like at the end as your spaceship's flying out, there's like a little spark that shoots through the sky yeah. to let you know that the... Um, the uh, the inhabitants have also escaped. I didn't notice that, but yeah, hey, anything that uh, anything that helps is great. So, so what do you have to 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 get the I guess good ending, which is the bikini ending? I assume. <laughs> what what do you have to finish this game in under? Do you know? Um, it's just time, as far as I know. It's not item collection. Yeah, that's right. what the manual said. The back is uh, saying the faster you beat the game, the better your ending. Yeah. Do you know I what think, the timing is? Is it like three hours or something of that nature? Um, it's probably less than that. I'm not sure. Like I said, I finished in 127. Okay. So that's that's uh, or 126, I guess. I ran through the game again and only got better by one minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> that didn't make me yeah. very happy. I know. We all <laughs> but, felt really sorry for you, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you did. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm not sure. Uh, probably two and a half hours, two hours, okay. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and once again, you know, just gives you, you know, gives you the notion that, yeah, this is this is meant to be, you know, on speed run. And from what I, what I remember from the first game, I don't, I don't think it was a timing issue from the original Metro. I think it was like how many times you completed the game. I think you had to complete it twice to get to play uh, without your armor on. I believe that, I believe that was the issue. Or you could just type in the um, Justin Bailey code with the dashes underneath it. The um, Justin Bailey code. Yep. And we all remember that. So, but um, I, I never quite understood um, how every time uh, she died and her suit strips off and uh, she's just like in her underwear there. It's like, what? I don't know. Well, <laughs> apparently she was, when he dies. she was supposed <laughs> to be naked at first, but I think uh, they censored that because uh, I guess Western audiences wouldn't like. Yeah, it. probably not. <laughs> And I think also, um, just just to mention, I, I think that was sort of another way to sort of, th- I think one of the confusing things for, for a lot of people in playing the first game was, and, and I remember this as a kid, they're like, oh, it's a girl. Like, you never knew that until you either A, knew the Justin Bailey code, or had, you know, played through the game several times and figured that out. Hmm. Um a, AKA you had been insane enough to play the first game through two or three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, and I think that's just another way for them to like reiterate in the gamer's mind that you are playing as a, uh, as a female protagonist and just, you know, just how really kind of cool that is. You know, mm. you, you didn't see that, you know, you just did not play and, and still don't play as a, a lot of female characters um, yeah. in video games. And, uh, you know, Metroid has really stuck with that. And, um, you know, I kind of tip their tip my hat to them for, you know, really sticking with that and, you know, still putting out a very successful franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's good. Um, yeah. I just thought that the Super Metroid uh, method of showing that was a little bit ham-fisted almost. And yeah. uh, I, I sort of uh, prefer the Metroid Prime method <clears throat> where um, they do do the final reveal at the end uh, where she takes off her helmet and you can see it's a woman, but also right. throughout the game... Um, uh, in her visor on your screen, you can actually see the reflection of her face at certain times. Like if there's an explosion, it'll kind of reflect her eyes, and you can tell it's a female. Okay. Or, and it's pretty uh, obvious uh, to me, anyways. And it's just a little less uh, crude than the way they do it in Super Metroid. 
Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with this game? Anything that kind of stood out or um, you found sort of fascinating about this game? Uh, nothing myself. What about you, Aaron? Oh, I don't know. There's something new I'm discovering every time I play it. I think that's what keeps me coming back, just perfecting the wall jumps and everything else. Just can't get enough of it. Awesome. It's like a drug. <laughs> yeah. 16-bit drug. 16-bit drug. Yeah, if you're watching that much Twitch, it must be. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Aaron, I just want to thank you. Thanks for uh, playing the playthrough for us, uh, with us again. And uh, also thanks for all your comments on the forums. They've been, you know, really helpful to a lot of us first-timers and, and helping us, you know, who are kind of first-time players, knowing the game a lot better. Um, it's, it's always good to play with people and uh, Jamie can attest to this. Play with people that have, you know, you know, mastered a game or just just really love playing the game. It, it brings a whole new vibe uh, to the forums and to our playthrough, and we we certainly do appreciate that. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, experienced members sort of uh, almost uh, leading uh, the uh, the newbies, <laughs> helping them <laughs> along on their path to finishing off these games. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for asking me to come on. Uh, I love RF Gen, so yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, we all do. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming on the podcast, too. I'd love to have you back again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Mm-hmm. Let me know. All right. Thanks. So we're at the end, the last save point, the end of Super Metroid right now. So you're almost at the end? Uh-huh. Almost at the end. I have to shoot these things out. Sam? Mm-hmm. The little circles? Uh-huh. Those circles are hurting me. It's losing all your energy. I'm losing my energy, guys? Yeah. It's only 12. Is that big brain? Yeah. Ew. What is a disgusting brain? What's happening? The brain fell. The brain fell? Uh oh. He did spit. Spit? Mm-hmm. He put spit on the wall. What is that? What's that big thing called? Is that a dragon daddy? His eye! Ew, he only has one eye. Well, I think he's turned sideways. Daddy, is that a... Is that a dragon? No, Oh no. What's he doing to me? Losing all your energy. Yeah. It's only 41. Oh no, I can't move. See, that was spit. Is he spitting on me? No, he was spitting on the ground. Oh! What the? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the thing is spitting the dragon. Yeah. That's a Metroid. It's a big Metroid, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big Metroid is biting him. Biting him? You only have 81. What's this? Uh-oh. He's losing all your power. Uh-uh. I think mine's going up. Look. Yeah, it is. I think he's protecting you. He is. I think you're right. I why that... Dragon just he's not stuck anymore. 
He's not stuck anymore, Daddy. Yeah, I'm not stuck anymore, am I? You only have 19 power. Oh! Oh! Now look at the dragon's head, Daddy. Uh-oh. you now he's gone. The dragon... That guy beat the dragon. What's happening? You gotta get out of here before it blows up, before the time runs out. Look at that. So everywhere you go, the whole thing's gonna blow up? Mm-hmm. I gotta get to my ship. I gotta get back to my ship before it all blows up. You got a ship? Mm-hmm. I flew here on. Remember? No. You don't remember the ship I flew in on? No. This is bad. Ooh. How much time do I have? See the time over on the uh, right, Ava? Yeah. It's going fast. Mm-hmm. Do you have to go? Or you'll die? Yeah, or I gotta you... make it out or I'll die. You're right. I'll try to save these animals, too. There's these animals that I can save. I hope I can make it to them. They're right under here. Gotta hurry. I'm running out of time. Then it's going Will the animals die? No, they're gonna get out. That's why I saved them. They're gonna get out because you saved them, Daddy. See some my ship. There it is. Oh right. Did you win? Mm-hmm. It blowed up already. Did it blow up? Yeah, the planet did. Holy So what happened guys? Huh? Um, well, when you defeated the monster, it was really big, so, like, his brain turned red, and he's really mad, so, um, you had to hurry up, because it was, his head, his brain was going to explode. Is that what was happening? Yeah. Okay. What did you think happened, Towns? He fight. He put spit on the ground. He put spit on the ground? Yeah. Yeah, what did that do? Because he did. Because he did. Yeah, because he likes to. He scratches too. He does, he scratches too. Was he scratching yeah. me? Yeah, he, he was making you stuck too. Making me stuck? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you guys think about this game? Did you like this game or not? Yes. Did you like Can it? Can you do it again? Can I do it again? Yes. Oh. Ah. Ava, what did you like about the game? We want to fight um, because you get dragon. different suits and they're in good colors. I like little dragons. And you help the animals and the and you're defeating the bad monsters. Okay. You like the suits, the different color suits. What what color was your favorite? because you get to go under the lava. You get to go under the lava with the uh, purple suit. Yeah, yeah, you get to like go everywhere with the purple suit. Okay. Except for those big circle things. The big circle things. Okay. So, I kind of like the purple suit. You like the purple suit the best? Look. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, there. purple suits are kind of big. Oh, there's the purple suit again. Towns, what did you like about the game? What? That's a girl? I can still see her hair. Yeah. 
It looks like a boy, kind of, though. Uh-huh. It's a girl. Yeah. My hair is kind of tough. Do you though. like that it's a girl? Mm-hmm. Why do you like that? Because... Let's see, because I'm a girl? Because you're a girl? Eighty-one! Yeah, that's percent. That's how much of the game I completed. Eighty-one percent. I think right now Talons is in a purple suit. You're in a purple suit right now? Yeah. Oh, cool. Towns, what did you like about the game? The fight. The fight? You like yeah. the fighting. Do you like that do you like that I was playing as a girl? Do you like playing as the girl? Yeah. Why? Because I do. Because you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's like not even the answer. <laughs> Why do you guys like watching Daddy play video games? Because you're really, really good at it, and uh -huh. we're proud of you. Oh, you're proud of me? Okay. <laughs> Fight the little dragon again. Fight the little dragon again? Yeah, yeah. because remember that tall, big monster, and it cheated out. Oh, shot the stuff out of his belly? Yeah, that was really big. Oh, you like so that he one? Said, that's why he said small. Oh, okay. You're talking about Kraid. His yeah. name's Kraid. Yeah. <laughs> the little one is? No, that's the big one. With the stuff that shoots out of his belly. Yeah, what are the little ones? I'm not sure. I don't know which one you're talking about. The little one that you just fighted and his brain was... Oh, that's Mother Brain. Mother Brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Is that funny to you? That it's called Mother Brain? Yeah, because it might be a mother or it might be a dad. If it was a dad, that would be Cooper Brain's Okay, so for our November modern playthrough game, I chose System Shock 2 for the PC, which is a game that I was really excited to play, to be honest, and I thought I'm going to love this game because I love Ken Levine's designs and I love Irrational Games and I loved all the Bioshock games. So I chose System Shock 2, and before I get into... A deeper discussion of the game. I'd like to introduce first my co-host uh, Fleech. Say hello Fleech. Hey everybody. And also we have a special guest for this segment. Uh, RF Generation's own Bomba Tomba is with Bomba us today. Tomba. <laughs> How you doing today guys? Very good. How are you? We're good. It's very nice to have you man. So System Shock 2 was released on the PC in 1999. It's a sequel to System Shock 1, but System Shock 1 was not developed by Irrational. It was... Um, actually, I don't know who the first game was developed by, but Irrational picked up the sequel is the, is the point. Um, it's a kind of a survival horror RPG. Looks like a first-person shooter, but it's more survival horror resource management uh, where you're on a... Uh, abandoned space station and you are in the beginning of the game communicating via radio um, 
to a woman named uh, Polito who's going to guide you around and the story unfolds from there. So just to, I actually want to kind of step back and ask you guys, because I have never played PC, I've never been a PC gamer and I kind of, kind of one of the reasons I chose this game was to kind of step out of my comfort zone. Um, what is you, what is your background? Uh, I guess we'll start with Bomba Tomba. Um, as far as PC gaming, have you always been playing on PC or are you primarily console or both? What's your style? Well, I, I guess I'm a PC gamer now, but I, I didn't really get into PC gaming at all until uh, maybe 99, 2000, and just really been trying to catch up ever since, you know, play everything okay. I can get a hold of, make, trying to make myself like a bucket list of stuff that I should play, but too many games. <laughs> And now, was this your first time playing System Shock 2, or did you mention, had you played it before? Uh, this is my first time. I've got okay. it through, I got it, I've actually think I've had it for a while now, but never even, you know, booted it up. Well, that's the thing okay. with PC gaming, is you'll have so much stuff in your library, and yeah. you know, it's kind of a, a matter of uh, when will you get to these games. You know, Floyd, I know I'm a little bit more familiar with your uh, play style you're I know you're more into the PC games but have you been that way for a while or, or were you into uh, PC gaming during this era no to be honest um, really like I'd been doing console gaming pretty much my whole gaming career right um, like all the way from uh, SNES to to the recent stuff um, and I really only got into the PC scene when um, just a couple of years ago and it was mostly through the indies and then kind of you, you dip your toe in the water and you kind of go down that rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> and it's um, with so many games available to you, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. I can see that. And that's kind of where the, the rub is for me. And I really was looking at this game as a what could potentially be a gateway for me to kind of become a more well-rounded gamer with PC games mm -hmm. in the mix. But I have a uh, Ken Levine-style plot twist for everybody. <laughs> 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 and that is that I did not play the game past the first checkpoint. I actually started playing the game in October to set up for, this, for hosting this playthrough. And I played to... What I established as the first checkpoint, which was to make it to deck four, which took me about four and a half hours. And I found it to be just excruciatingly unfun. And I, I, this is a case where I don't want to just crap on the game and say it was bad because I know that it's a good game. It's just it wasn't for me at all. And we can definitely talk about that. Now, I did watch most of a walkthrough and I know all the, you know, most of the plot and everything. And, uh, you know, Bomba Tomba, you're here. You're, you actually did complete the game and you're going to help us out filling in the gaps here. But, um, yeah, I, I just I kind of abandoned it. I wasn't enjoying it at all. It's uh, and we'll get into the reasons why, but I just wanted to clear the air and get that out of the way. I'm sure anybody who was following the thread on the forum kind of noticed that I wasn't really <laughs> posting, and it was kind of on on autopilot between uh, 
Bamba Tamba and Disposed Hero just kind of tearing through the game. So appreciate you guys doing that. So Disposed is, uh, is, is such a beast at uh, at these games. Like I don't know how he's able to to keep up with everything that we're playing. And, and I've noticed he's playing some things on the side too. He's just, he's a machine when it comes to gaming. Uh, yeah, I've got to let the, uh, I've got to put my cards out on the table too and admit that uh, I didn't finish the game either. Got roughly to the same point that, that Sean did. And it, when you said this game is tough as nails, holy cow, man, you weren't kidding. Like this game is hard um, and it's going to kick your butt. So yeah, I, I also had to resort to uh, a video walkthrough. Yeah, so so Bamba Tamba, I want to give you the floor a little bit here. Like when as you were playing the game, like how did like I'm trying to think of how how when I went through the game and was just like frustrated constantly <laughs> about like what am I supposed to do next? Where oh my god, I'm so lost. Like what do I do now? And and then like it wasn't even like the combat was so bad. You know what I mean? You I could usually like I've been playing first person shooters all my life, so I could kind of get through with the combat, but the resource management and the task management of knowing where to go what to do next and then knowing all the systems the complex systems the alchemy crafting or alchemy or whatever you want to call it i forget what the exact terminology was like how did you reconcile all that stuff going on at once yeah it's, it's a ken levine game so you got to deal with a lot like you're juggling a lot aren't you absolutely uh you know it was this entire game was a path of discovery for me I feel like I deferred back to the original Half-Life when I played that, which was one of my first PC games, and uh, I, a game that you you got to kind of slog through. You know, uh, you run forward, stop, and then start looking everywhere in the room because you can't get any farther. Uh, the difference between that and System Shock 2 is System Shock 2, you're not just looking in a room, you're stopping and then going back and looking everywhere. Uh, underneath, uh, underneath grates, everywhere that you possibly could think. This game is just brutal. Yeah, and the 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 word I would use, and I'm probably going to say it a million times in this segment, is dense. And <laughs> this game is so dense with but it's stuff true. <laughs> and systems and upgrades and and inventory. You know, uh, <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> it's um. You know, it just, I for me, it just became too much. And, and I have heard this game. It, it's it's interesting you bring up Half-Life. The other game that most people like in this, too, is um, the original Deus Ex, which was, uh, you know, supposedly very similar in that, you know, the, even though it's a first-person shooter, this isn't Doom. And, you know, it's not Call of Duty. This isn't about the shooting. That's just a, the means to an end for the plot and for the themes and of course you know playing a, uh, an irrational game there's you know a deep story going on here and what we have is um the space station and you know uh, uh shodan versus xerxes and everything so i wonder you know i can't go too far into the story maybe bomba if if you want to if you can help with the story and remember this is a essentially a spoiler cast so don't worry about spoilers <laughs> there's a big twist right like kind of in the first third of the game you get a really cool plot twist and uh it just goes from there so if you if you wouldn't mind just giving us a quick rundown of the story that would be cool 
Well, uh, basically, it's about this uh, ship going off into space. It starts off, well, actually, the just the start off of the beginning, I guess. The uh, it starts out with like a flashback to the original System Shock. You know, you get Shodan taunting the hacker, basically, and then it moves to this uh, the launch of this new ship that can go faster than light, the Von Braun. And uh, I got some, I got some Event Horizon flashbacks watching that entire sequence. Yeah, I, can, I thought about that too. That's uh, funny that you should compare it to that. Okay, I've actually never seen that movie, but I've heard great things about it. it it's like but this that's... game. It starts off really good, and then it goes <laughs> a little bit more towards <laughs> the end. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, it, it's got a really solid premise and, and a solid start, but it, I mean, are, are you guys with me that it kind of loses its focus after, you know, three, four hours in? Well, I, I want to know, like, after, so I, I, I was intrigued that at the beginning of the game. You're, you're, you're on the Von Braun. You, you, it's clear that something's wrong. You have Polito kind of telling you where to go. And there, there's really good contextual clues as to what's going on. Like, Polito will be giving you these hints and everything, and then she'll, she'll take these little digs at you that are almost like, you know, hurry up what do you think this is a game and and she starts getting nasty with you and so when you finally meet shodan and you realize that shodan is polito spoiler alert um yeah there's your spoiler that's the big twist so when that finally happens like that was all really intriguing to me and i was like oh that's cool okay like that's the that's the thing right and then it it did just kind of like the the find this key card and go to this place and that like just I got buried in that and that's why I think like like a Bioshock is so much more balanced maybe and 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 like I said like System Shock 2 is not a bad game it's just not for me like I think Bioshock was more balanced towards between gameplay and like the story rather than just being this like extremely dense game with like a cool story kind of hovering above it yeah, it, you know I totally I mean? agree with you, man. Because um, the way I see because I played Bioshock first, and uh, I kind of get this vibe that Bioshock is what System Shock 2 was trying to do, and then Burial at Sea did what the first Bioshock tried to do. You know, I, like, I, I guess because I'm you know, playing with these more modern games in mind, it may have uh, colored my opinion a little bit. But it's just like a laundry list of things you have to do. Yeah. Now, Bamba, have you played the the Bioshock games? I played the original Bioshock game, but uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. It has been so long, and I have heard so many things on different podcasts. I can barely remember anything outside of the the opening area, which is you, you being introduced to the uh, to the you falling into the ocean. Yeah. That was just right, wonderful. Right. That whole intro yeah, sequence that's a pretty, is just mind-boggling. Um, yeah. Unforgettable. I, I'm going to remember yeah. that for a long time. Um, yeah. yeah, one of the greatest moments in gaming, definitely. So I can say for sure, even though, you know, again, didn't finish the game, that having, that playing System Shock 2, I, I feel like I definitely got my history lesson because I have played uh, all the other Bioshock games. And you can see 
for better or for worse, the progression from this like hardcore PC late nineties, you know, gaming experience from that particular time period to what we have now, which is a very modern, you know, even infinite with, which did have a really call of duty with time travel. Well, I I was, you know, yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like it's a modern first person shooter for better or for worse at, with a, a with an irrational games story over it so you can i appreciate the history lesson i got by at least attempting to play this game yeah likewise um, i mean cause you, you, if you're looking back at it like sean and i have um you you can see the evolution of uh, of ken levine's uh, style and like irrational games style um and yeah, it's sort of like as story improved, gameplay kind of got simplified and watered down. Right. And that's, I mean, that happens to a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that that's a bad thing. It kind of, I mean, it happens, right? Yeah. I mean, well, some would say it was bad, but I mean, I, I kind of take uh, like it is what it is kind of oh, approach. Oh, of course. I mean, like I, I love Bioshock and, and, and Infinite was awesome too, so... You know, it's, you know, if there's only one thing that I can take away from this experience is that I'm happy to have experienced the roots of what is essentially the Shock series. Right. Now, Bamba, do you have any plans? Like, did did you have any plans before this or since playing uh, System Shock 2 to go revisit uh, Bioshock or maybe try uh, Bioshock Infinite? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I want to revisit Rapture uh, and I want to do it on the PC this time. Uh, first time, uh, I believe it was on Xbox and uh, I, I really may, maybe catch Bioshock and uh, on the uh, maybe like a Steam sale or something. Yeah. Cool. Now, now well, would I, there be differences? I don't, I don't believe there's content different but the graphics are going to yeah. be much much better mm-hmm. on the pc you know bioshock one has always been like one of my all-time favorite games and i you know i think if you like you liked system shock 2 and you put in the work to finish it and and slog through it then you'll probably really like bioshock because it kind of eases up on a lot of the things that make system shock 2 kind of overbearing so i would highly recommend that you check that out um, well, you know, um, you guys are probably the best people I can ask this question to. Um, like, until the end, I kind of figured it out, but Xerxes and Shodan, you know, like, what, what, um, who are they? What, like, I know they're both AIs that essentially, you know, control and monitor the ship, but like, who are they? What's the difference between them? Well, I, I think that, uh, I, I kind of, thought them up both as a, you know, kind of like HAL 9000. Okay. They're there to handle, handle things that the humans can't. Right. But but let's see, I believe Shodan was just created by the hacker in the first, uh, just in the very first uh, uh, system shock. Uh, Just that the fact that Xerxes is there makes me think that they're put on these ships for a reason and they just screwed up. Wasn't uh, they? They being the uh, the people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. I think Xerxes was supposed to be the like the official like the security system, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, I just have to say that I, I'm looking at my notes and some of my notes are a little amusing <laughs> because they're very short thoughts. And one of them is the Xerxes rooms give me the creeps. They are. Yeah. Uh, they, they are a little unsettling. <laughs> you just reminded me that I actually had <laughs> taken a bunch of notes. So now let me... Uh... I'm just grabbing my notes. Is it like, yeah, um, you, you're talking about uh, the Hell 9000 thing, and I, I picked up on that vibe too. Um, it, it, like, is, especially yeah, with uh, with Shodan, and, and when, when Shodan is revealed to be the antagonist in this whole thing, you kind of get that vibe of, of when uh, um, Hell 9000 goes, goes rogue. Um, and so, right when I thought that, immediately I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Philip K. Dick do Android Stream of Electric Cheek. And then, and then I'm thinking, do pixelated uh, pixelated androids dream dream of a pixelated sheep? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think thematically, it, it's doing the same thing, wouldn't you guys say? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And now, I would pull it forward too to uh, Glados from Portal. You can tell that the creators of of that game had a lot of uh you know we're probably influenced by Shodan because i got the exact same vibes you know that i got from that game too mm -hmm. so that was a definitely uh, definitely familiar vibe yeah i also got the vibe of um of the alien movies you know just you're you're running through the corridors and you know you don't know what's around the corner yeah, that's definitely as far as being on like a, you know, a desolate, isolated kind of not a lot of people around environment, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of creeping around, being kind of scared of what could be around the next corner. That's that's a definitely a good point. Yeah, I think um, um, when I was playing, you know, what little I played was, you know, three hours or so. But it was sort of like when there were no enemies it was kind of unsettling because you you're wondering if something's going to jump out and and you know suddenly rush you and attack you <laughs> and inevitably it does yeah later <laughs> on uh, later on that that really does happen um because you get those like spider type enemies and and all that so i guess uh, eventually you help uh you're, you're kind of forced to help shodan uh take down Xerxes Bomba help me out here if I'm if I'm mistaken but at, at a certain point you then have to take down Shodan am I is that it or am I oversimplifying it or no uh, after Shodan reveals herself uh, you go you she kind of recruits you to destroy Xerxes and uh, the many and uh, right. uh, they send you out she sends you out and uh, you get some more directed insults. Her ca constantly calling you insect and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the base of it. So now I understand the end of the game has some particularly head scratching moments and gameplay sequences. <laughs> oh, uh, the end of the game is it's such yeah, a crawl. Please, well, please I, I think before we go to the end of the game, I mean, I think uh, it's probably worth uh, discussing. Um, cause there's so much going on, uh, on your spaceship, right? Um, uh, there's, uh, the experiments going on with the monkeys. Um, there's something about, uh, Tau Seti 5, right? And isn't it that Shodan sent out a distress signal from Tau Seti 5 and that's what the Von Braun is supposed to be investigating? 
Um, this like this is all stuff from the audio logs, right? Yeah, I don't remember. No? No, okay. Like, looking through my notes. Uh, to tell you the truth, my notes get sillier towards the end as I get towards <laughs> the end of the game. Oh. At one point I wrote, what is going on? Xerxes, the many, Shodan, so confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's. I mean, I was confused the whole time, right? Um, that's why That's why I've got all these questions. Um, but I think just, you know, quickly skimming through a Wikipedia page is, is that... Uh, because they, they, I mean, they brought in so many things. Like they're they're researching the monkeys, and eventually the monkeys gained uh, uh, tele, um, telepathic powers. And yes, that's that is right. Um, and then something about Tau Ceti, and and you know where does Shodan come into all of this? And you know, it, I I think this game tries to do a lot and kind of only accomplishes a little. Well, I I don't know if I would agree with that. I think uh, I I think it's again more of a product of its time and that like while I'm going to speak for myself, I don't I just don't think I think simply that I could not handle it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to say like oh this game is just trying too hard or doing too much. What I'm I'm willing to look at it and say like I can't handle all this, you know? Um, if you stopped and listened to the audio logs and pieced together the story, um, I'm sure it would make more sense. And of course, actually playing the game would help. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but like um, trying to piece together a story from watching YouTube videos and listening to a few audio logs, reading a Wikipedia page, I don't think it's going to give you the full sense of, you know, what was going on. And, of course. And I, you know, this game is, you know, pretty well loved and heralded as like an all-time classic of pc gaming so i i really am hesitant to just criticize it for being too busy in that in in a way that is a detriment to the game itself for me it's too busy for my personal tastes but you know that's the whole right like no no i I, i'm just saying that um in its um in the fact that it's so busy and stuff it doesn't flesh out or at least i wasn't able to flesh out everything that it was presenting to me right right because it comes fast and furious there are audio logs everywhere mm-hmm. and you're sometimes listening to these audio logs while you're in heavy frantic combat and it's hard to you know oh, absorb yeah. all the information so in that in that respect i totally agree with you mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I think the way I initially phrased that was, uh, it sounded like I was taking a jab at the game, but the game is 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 throwing a lot of information at you and a lot of story at you, and it and it demands a lot from the player to keep up with what's going on, both like you know in in uh, in backstory and you know main plot and you know like subtext and everything. Right, right. So, all right. So, Bomba what happens from both a gameplay standpoint and a plot standpoint at the end of the game? Because I've heard some some things. Well, a, a little bit more towards the end of the game, you uh, Shodan has you doing some crazy stuff. Uh, in fact, one of them, uh, I would say, stalled me for it. I hate to say it, but I want to say it was about four and a half hours. Wow. Uh, there's an egg hunting trip. Yes, 15 eggs, and it was... I was crying at the end almost. I, I, I feel like, and then you, uh, 
once you clear the eggs away, you end up uh, going into the many. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to remember what the walkthroughs called it, but it was uh, they, you actually go into this disgusting snake thing that has. You, okay, so towards the end, your the Rickenbacker is stationed on top of the von Braun, and uh, you want to separate them so you can leave. But the many is actually grown around the ship like a snake, holding them together. Oh, okay. So, I didn't get that, but I mean, you know, now that uh, thinking back to the game and, and now knowing this, it I see that. Okay. And it's, uh, it's pretty gross that you end up launching a pod directly into the body of the many. And uh, from there, you, you, <laughs> you end up doing a lot of weird things. Uh, and, and this is my main problem here is you have to destroy these nerve clusters in order to open uh, sphincters so <laughs> that you can get through. Uh, but I just ended up shooting at everything because it, it got to the point where I was like, is that a, is that a nerve cluster? Is that one? I, so I just shoot at everything and I was already low on ammo constantly uh, from this game. And uh, <laughs> you end up, you finally end up destroying the, uh, you end up destroying this and then you have to deal with Shodan again. So you go back to the Rickenbacker and, uh, from there you have to, you, 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 you go through this kind of Tron sequence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very strange. It know, was really uh, weird. And that, when you're in that Tron type sequence, that's when you're in Shodan's like quote unquote mind, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like that's when uh, Delacroix is uh, giving you instructions, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So um, Delacroix must have been within Shodan at one point. Should probably clarify who uh, Delacroix is, right? Yeah, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... Is, Del, is Delacroix the, the French scientist? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't quite... Uh, figure out how where where she fit into everything i mean she seemed to know a lot about um shodan she in or if i'm if i remember correctly she actually was almost a present predecessor to you she dealt with uh shodan without knowing that it was shodan i believe uh throughout the story some of the audio logs you pick up you're uh i want to i want to say you're speak. right and yeah, uh I and she's talking about Shodan in a, in an indirect way, you know, not knowing exactly who it is. And I actually don't remember if this is the point where you re you don't know really what's going on either. Mm-hmm. Right. Until you visit Polito's room, and then you turn around to leave and you can't get out. Yeah, that's when. And that's the big reveal. That's the right? big reveal that you've been working for Shodan all along. Um, but anyway, back to back to the Tron area. Um, yeah. So okay. So you're in Shodan's mind or whatever. Then then what? What happened? Is that is that the final confrontation or? Uh, that is the final uh, confrontation in the in the game. After you you <laughs> you get to destroy you get to destroy Shodan, but Shodan begs for her life before doing oh, okay. it before you do it and then uh, uh once you do it uh you know it, it kind of looks like the game ends but there's a 
There's a little sequence that you watch. There, there, yeah, there's that. like a mini twist right at the end. Yeah. I, I You know, I kind of like that. No, I really like that uh, scene where Shodan is, is begging for her life because she's doing it very eloquently and very, like, manipulatively. So it, it it doesn't sound like she's begging. You know, it's it's more like, you know, um, essentially what she's saying is, like, join me and we will be the most powerful thing in the universe. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the way she says all of that. That was, you know, I thought that was written really well. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah, that part was really, the, the a lot of the writing in this game is, is very good. And, you know, it's a, a wonderful, uh, kind of a wonderful intro to get you into Bioshock. But, you know, uh, if it wasn't for some of the gameplay choices, uh, I think it just would have been more fun overall. Right. Well, I think, you know, that uh, that that mini twist right at the very end Um yeah. Can you explain that, Floyd? Because I, I don't think I caught that, to be honest um, with you, what happens. Somebody picks up your distress signal, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and they, they're going to the Von Braun, um, and that ship's pilot says that um, his wife or his partner, Rebecca, has been feeling ill lately. <laughs> um, and then isn't it essentially that Shodan has taken control of that Rebecca lady. Yeah, her her voice sounds a little bit like, and she does this ridiculous thing with her hair. It, it's almost as if they didn't quite trust the intelligence of the gamer to realize what was happening. So they would do something weird with her hair. To yeah, make they it look made like her hair the all like pictures. poofy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was very strange. I did like it, but it was very strange. I was like, see, it's a plot twist. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's one there's one thing I want to ask just to wrap up talking about the end of the of the game. I've heard I've heard and this is a question for Bomba, there's a there's a sequence near the end where you're led to believe that you have to kill a whole bunch of stuff, but the actual right thing to do is to not kill run the away stuff. or retreat or something. Is is does that ring a bell or was that a major point or just something that I heard somebody nitpick on YouTube and I remembered it? I spent a lot of time running towards the end of this game. Uh, I was extremely ill-prepared. Uh, I actually watched a uh, an entire walkthrough by this gentleman, uh, Metal Canyon, on YouTube. And he was okay. playing it again for the first time in years, having a blast. Uh, he was ex- he, he, he had all his weapons upgraded and... You know, he was using all the cool stuff, and you know, I was still using a shotgun, a pistol, a uh, a laser, and the crystal shard at the end, and constantly running out of juice. Wow! So okay. I I ran through the most of the end of the game. Now, what was well, what was the power sense. of that crystal shard? I mean, it- oh, that was wonderful. That that thing was great to use. Okay, well, why don't we, uh, since we've discussed the story pretty well and, and the plot twists and everything else, why don't we get into the, the actual gameplay? There's a lot of stuff to cover here. Um, so it is, uh, at its its core gameplay is that it's a first-person shooter, and I, I'm putting air quotes on shooter because, you know, you do shoot, but it's more just that it's in... That's not the entire the emphasis. Person, Right. You're in the first person perspective, but it's 
a lot about exploration and, and environmental manipulation and environmental puzzles and melee combat even because you can lean on that wrench a lot. Um, uh, but there is, of course, shooting shotguns and, and pistols and the like. I kind of don't know where to begin here because we could start with how is it as a first-person shooter, which, again, I, this is the first time I've ever played a first-person shooter with a mouse and keyboard, so I don't have a lot of background here, but I found it to be pretty responsive. Like, I, I took to it well, I would I would like to say. Now, Floyd, I think you, you posted on the forum that you were having a little bit of trouble with it. Was that the new control scheme in general, or was it just a sensitivity? Or, yeah, why don't you explain that? What, what was your... My main gripe was, um, like, first-person shooters are... I, I'm out of my element when I'm playing that kind of game. Um, so I can easily, um, like, literally and figuratively back myself into a corner and just have a difficult, difficult time getting myself out of it. Do you mean just from a control standpoint or just from being, like, disoriented? Because I, I remember there was a time... And not to derail too much here, but I remember there was a time where you didn't even play first-person shooters. Yeah, I mean, like you had a motion. Yeah, I was, you know, kind like of issue? when 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 3D first first came out, I mean, a lot of people said, "Oh, this gives me motion sickness," and um, I kind of had that too, and especially with first-person games. Um, so that right. that's why I kind of steered away from them for a while. But uh, no, I, I've pretty much gotten over that. But it's more like. Um, I don't really know how to put it. Like, okay, especially with a Ken Levine type game where there's so much emphasis on environment and that, you know, in in the world of uh, System Shock and Bioshock, there's security cameras everywhere. And if you set off one of these alarms, you're going to be swarmed with enemies. And if you don't know that there's an alarm there, you know, it's, you know, it's game over. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. and that, that was my main thing. Like I'd walk into a room without, I guess, fully, you know, you know, um, taking, um, taking inventory of what's there and just, you know, screw myself that way. <laughs> but so you're saying your, your kind of spatial awareness could, could use some improvement. Probably. I mean, is like, that a good way to put it? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, it's just like, you know, okay. walking into a room, oh, there's an alarm. Oh, there's, you know, five hybrids rushing me now. Um, but like from a control standpoint, like, holy cow, I, it's so much easier to play a first person shooter with a keyboard and mouse than with a <laughs> with a controller. Yeah, that's what the purists, the PC <laughs> master race, that's what they all like, say. I, I think just simply using like Windows inadvertently trains you to play a shooter on the computer. Sure, because you're kind of point just pointing and clicking and dragging and doing all the things you do exactly. at work all day. And just now you're shooting. Now you're doing it in the context of a game, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know, Bamba. Do you have anything to add about the controls or you know pretty standard stuff? I mean, if you've been playing with a mouse and keyboard, uh, I don't know if you have anything to comment on that. Not really with the controls, uh, the the movement controls. Uh, I I did enjoy the little sub menu thing because I actually did play uh, the, one of the Ultima Underworld games, 
where all movement is done with the mouse, where you can move your mouse pointer within the window, and then you your actual movement is done by pushing the mouse towards the edge of the screen. So there's a, it's almost like this is a halfway point between uh, between Elder Scrolls One and Two, and uh, the Ultima uh, Underworld games, and then mm-hmm. you know Half Life and Day of right. Sex. And now what you're what you're referring to is that you have uh, menus and kind of a sub menu that you can pull up uh, when you need it, but that you're using your mouse in game, like in the environment, to move your your reticle or your person, your view, but also you're using the menus in real time and you know dragging weapons around and and moving your inventory or or looking through audio logs or journal entries to find a key code or something um so it's all happening again just on the on the screen with the mouse uh pointer uh kind of hopping in between the menus and and moving your character and moving your vision so to speak um so I just had a few notes on the gameplay because again, there's so many things. I, I guess we should explain like the the psi powers and the upgrades. Which, if you played Bioshock, this is kind of what, what the plasmids are. They're powers um, that kind of add to the reality of this being a first-person shooter. Because again, this isn't just Doom where you get a pistol and then a shotgun and then a machine gun. You also have these powers uh called size or psi uh uh shoot what was the name help me out guys oh um i I think (laughs) i know what you're talking about nan no not nanites no not nanites um no nanites was kind of like the currency that upgrades everything right Um, cybernetic modules yeah the psi modules or whatever they are those are your your basically the the same thing as plasmids from bioshock and they can do things like attack and freeze enemies and hack cameras and all the same kind of things but it's a very deep complicated system and it's kind of a thing where it looks like if you spread yourself thin enough you really could kind of paint yourself into a corner and it would pay to kind of research these things and now Again, Bamba, I'm going to defer to you as somebody who completed the game. How did you go about choosing which powers you were going to upgrade, which ones you were even going to go for, and did you have any that you regretted? Did you go into any and upgrade them and weren't happy with them? Like, how did how did you play through that whole system? Well, I actually used uh, actually picked hacker, and uh, okay. you know, at the very beginning, okay. you get to join the Marines, you get to. Uh, join the is it the osa the right, osa the were the, the they were the side were people the right yeah, yeah yeah they were the uh the psychic and I, I watched a little bit of a play through that but i i went total cybernetics i went hacker and uh uh you know what's kind of annoying is that throughout the game you will pick up little programs that will automatically upgrade different parts of your hardware or, or excuse me your software You'll pick something up and you'll look in the corner and it'll say hacking software upgraded to level two Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, research upgraded to level two. And it's so you can research certain items and it's 
because of that, I, I felt that some of the things felt a, a little redundant. I, I wish I would have put more into uh, heavy weapons and, and such, so I could have used the uh, so I could have used the grenade launcher, uh, especially towards the end with the big guys. You know, I ended up running through a lot of that, and uh, the guy I watched, Metal Canyon, well, he was just shooting grenades at these guys left and right. He was uh, very prepared. You could definitely see different, you know, the level of customization is so high that you could see this being a completely different game from one playthrough to another and from one person to another. So that's totally understandable. You know, how how did you feel about your expenditures of, of resources and, and, you know, how you distributed your skill points the whole time you're talking about that i'm thinking about the uh the review by zero punctuation and um you know it's how you can system shock system shock too okay i I didn't i actually didn't watch that oh well now that you've finished the game you know um yeah you you can go check that out and you know i can kind of see the point that he makes is you can spend you can play the whole game spending all your resources in the wrong places Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Again, like, I think I wrote in the opening post of the thread to, like, please look at a guide and, you know, because, uh, you know, you were alluding to Bomba, the first, like, 45 minutes to hour of a game is, is of the game is setting up your character and you're doing tutorials, like, actually pretty paper thin tutorials on how to shoot and use the uh, powers but then you have to choose your like first your branch of the military and then the types of training that you're gonna do and uh, I gotta admit I kind of winged it and um, I don't know maybe I would have if I'd have put more thought into it if that would have helped me but it's definitely something that you have to kind of do a little homework on and and absolutely do a little research. Wish I would have read the instruction booklet on this one, guys. I got to tell you, right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess the only other thing that I wanted to note, as far as gameplay wise, was some of the like I felt like the uh, actually this is a really specific thing. I felt like the hacking mini game was a little half-baked and like totally random and maybe i was like missing something on it but i felt like you were just you're just clicking at random trying to connect the three dots that's and it either works or it doesn't there's no like skull component that, yeah that's it. what i thought was like click and hope yeah. for the best right okay so it wasn't just me no okay. no it was it was annoying and in fact that that whole system is used for almost everything hacking repairing uh it, it actually gets a little annoying uh, one of the things that's supposed to change is one of your your base attributes is called cybernetics. And if you upgrade your hacking and your cybernetics, it's supposed to be easier to hack into things. You get less of those, uh, those I can't remember what they're called, nodes. You, you get less nodes. Yep. I found that to be false. I walked up to, uh, I remember trying to hack into one thing and it said 20% and I kept having to hit restart. So that I could get, because there were just too many nodes, I couldn't connect anything. I'd get one chance, and then that would be it. Yep. Well, thankfully, that's one of the things that I, in my opinion, got um, improved in the Bioshock games. I know a lot of people didn't like the uh, 
that pipe dreams esque uh, water flow mini game that was the hacking mechanic in Bioshock. Oh, I didn't mind it but at I all. Think that's, yeah, no, I I liked it as well. I think that was a it's, it's a huge improvement over you know connect the dots that you won't work you know all the time. <laughs> um, what what was the hacking in Infinite? I don't remember. Uh, there really wasn't any because you had um you had Elizabeth opening all the doors for oh, you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't have any other major points to go over except maybe we could talk about the uh graphics and sound. Uh the game's running on the Thief engine. The graphics for 1999 are I mean they look good to me. I I I know there was planning to be a Dreamcast port of this game. I think it might have been cool. It would have been severely watered down, I would imagine. Um, it would probably be a really the, cool collectors thing, but I mean, like, yeah, it would be neat if it ever came out, yeah. but you know, it'd be one of those kind of bad ports of a really, you know, dense and complicated PC game. Um, I don't think you can port such a thing to a console. I mean, like it's, it's a very busy, um, control scheme, right? Right. It would probably just be more shooter. Well, we'll never know because it didn't happen, but, um, also the music is kind of a product of its time. You got that like kind of techno <laughs> metal like you're, you're, nine inch nails you're, you're laughing bomba what uh what do you think I about the music I, I i let it run for five minutes turned it off like, uh, nope it, thank i you. don't know if you either of you guys noticed but there's a huge sound element to this game uh you can hear ev- everything in this game yeah you know what uh, uh, you can hear if you listen quietly you can hear uh not just the hybrids but you can hear uh, turrets you can hear cameras so if you quietly walk down corridors and you got your cans on your ears nice and tight you can oh, hear cameras uh, buzzing from around the corner oh see maybe that yeah, was my mistake because i didn't point. i didn't use headphones oh uh, yeah you gotta play with this with the, this game with headphones uh, yeah i'm totally with you uh bomba I, I had forgotten kind of forgotten how good the sound design is in this game and it's definitely one because the game's so scary, I mean, we haven't even mentioned yet, and I guess we can talk about the atmosphere in general here, is that the sound design is so good that it really immerses you in the experience. And it's one of those games that you play with the lights out, with your headphones on. You know, like I said, the graphics are serviceable for being a product of their oh, time. Of course. The sound design is great, and... Well, the music is weird techno metal Nine Inch Nails ripoff, <laughs> so I could see why you would turn it off. I didn't even think to do that. I just kind of had it on, and the, there there are kind of issues with the musical cues, um, with the uh, like intense music playing when it kind of should have shouldn't be, or after you already took care of all the enemies in that area, it keeps going kind of thing. So there's there's some issues with that, but yeah. To go back to your point, the the sound design, the little things you can hear, the spot on, you know, right? Footsteps, yeah, like Come everything on. is is really lush in that uh, in that respect. It was un- it was unsettling at times too. I mean, especially in um, when you're in the body of the many, it's just that like squishy floor sound. Yeah, definitely. And there there were a lot of comments made on the um, on the thread about the things that the um, the hybrids the, say the hybrids say just their kind of random quotes mm-hmm. it's it's and as uh, if there's still some sort of shred of uh 
consciousness still within them. Right. Some of those are really creepy. And I think somebody somebody took the time to actually write some of them. I think so. Somebody, somebody did. It was disposed here. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they do. They, they they say things like join us, but then they also say like I'm sorry. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> it's just like, it's so creepy. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of it, man. I I don't know if you guys want to touch on anything else, but you know, having kind of. I, I hate to admit that I half-assed it because it's kind of not so simple to say that I half-assed hosting this game. It, it goes deeper than that. But um, I feel like I've contributed everything I can. Do you guys have any other like major points you want to touch yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you guys think about uh, the evolution of the entire Shock series? I mean, like we're talking about uh, basically the game that, uh, you know, set off, um, you know, whole spark of uh, of games that followed it. And, you know, it rocketed Ken Levine into superstardom. Sure. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, Again, I I loved Bioshock 1 so much. And I, I... I'm one of those people who also like Bioshock 2. Now, I know that wasn't an irrational game. That was just farmed out to, you know, 2K made that internally. But I also like that game because it was just kind of more Bioshock. Well, it let you, like, essentially get more backstory of Rapture, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, they did a good job as far as it being playable and, you know, having it, it didn't have as good of a story, but it was fine. And I, I'm one of those people who, like... With Infinite, I liked it, but I see the flaws that people see in it. Like, it's it's a very polarizing game critically. You know, it's it, it's like one of those things where it wants to be a thinking man shooter, but some people won't acknowledge it that way because it's too shootery. It's too Call of Duty-ish. So it's it's cool. I think it's cool that it's, like, so controversial. Oh, of you know course, because I mean? it's, like, equal parts dude bro and equal parts, like, intellectual, right? <laughs> but, yeah, no, and, and I, I think right now it sounds like we're saying that uh, Infinite is the weaker of, of the shocks, and that's not true. You know, like, they all have their merits. I mean, they all fall um, in some areas, but to, to say one game is weaker than the other is, like... I don't think I, I can pick one game that is like the worst of the series. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to pick one that was the worst, but I would certainly say the original Bioshock, in my opinion, is my favorite of all of them. Um, and like I said earlier, it's as as much as I had like a, a frustration with System Shock Two. I'm really glad I at least tried it and I did put, you know, a number of hours into it. And I feel like I, even though I didn't complete it, I experienced uh, a history lesson that I I really appreciate. And I feel like I needed as a fan of Irrational and fan. Well, well, that's the thing, right? I mean, like even giving a game an honest effort is, is commendable. Like you don't have to finish a game or if you have to turn down the difficulty, like that's fine. I mean, you... You, you got to experience it in the end. And, yeah, you know, you usually and hopefully you came out better for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask Bamba, like, are, are you happy you stuck with it? Like, are you... Did you feel satisfied when you finished it? Or did you feel like, man, that was excruciating for 
for all the wrong reasons, I really didn't need to actually play through that. Like, what are your takeaway thoughts like a couple of weeks after you've now finished the game? Well, it was kind of a roller coaster for me. Uh, it started off wonderful. Uh, I, it, it got painful in the middle and towards the end. And, you know, it was, I, I would like to say that finishing it felt great. And, uh, I have, I'm sad to think that I don't think I'll ever pick it up again. Uh, I, I think I, you know, traded this with, uh, uh Floyd in the, uh, messages, but this, uh, this game might be more fun to watch than it, than it is to play. Yeah. Well, when you watch somebody who knows what they're doing and cause I, I was, I was not watching the exact same playthrough that you were watching on YouTube. I was watching somebody else's, but he was just kind of gliding through the game and in, in amazing ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, it I think, is um, kind of impressive to watch somebody who knows what he's doing, just kind of buzz yes. through this game. There is like a beauty to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think uh, Sean and I watch the same uh, playthrough and just to plug his channel, which, you know, it's pretty decent, actually. He's um, Mr. Snuggle Duck. Um, <laughs> great name. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, he, he definitely knows his way around System Shock 2. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is something that I won't be returning to either. Um yeah, it, it does stand the test of time, but it's it's just not my thing. Um, and I, yep, I, I think that's perhaps what sort of um, got watered down throughout the ages with the other shock games is that it, it became more accessible for the, like the mass audiences. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Maybe System Shock 2 was was uh, was made as a maybe a, a little bit of love for the uh, old audiences. Perhaps. I mean, yeah, like, definitely. you have System Shock 1, right? And that was, like, even just looking at a screenshot to get a headache. I mean, just, like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I might as well be flying a plane. Like, this thing is just madness. <laughs> well, I think, wouldn't you agree that this game could have been hosted on the retro side of the playthrough if somebody wanted to? Like, if, if Rich came and said, I'm going to do System Shock 2 you know, this month for a retro playthrough, nobody would have argued with them. No, definitely. I think um, this is kind of on the verge of it could have went either way. Well, and, and I mean, that's the thing with, uh, with computer gaming. So like it's okay. System Shock 2 in particular falls in the, into that gray area of what we're going to call modern and what we're going to call classic. Right. But yeah, a lot of exactly. computer games, they're, they're almost timeless, right? Like, even though you can say, yes, this game is, 15 years old this game is 20 years old but it still runs and plays really well yeah because there's things that can be done as far as optimizing graphics and resolutions and even gameplay mm -hmm. uh tweaks and mods and everything like system shock one as obtuse as it is even more obtuse than system shock two there are a lot of mods that make it even more playable yeah that, definitely and you know i i think um at the time of of this recording system shock two is on sale at uh, gog for like five bucks so yes. it's i mean pretty cheap yeah yeah uh, i i'd say it's something that people should play um, but it, or watch a YouTube or, or at least watch a YouTube video. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since, uh, like I watched a playthrough of it, Sean watched a playthrough of it. Um, 
Bamba is, you know, next to God because he beat this game. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> quite say that. Uh, yeah, well, I, him and disposed, and also I actually, as a as of the time of this recording, I don't know if our our other participant Samus five six seven eight, I think, is his username. Um, I don't know if he checked in as completing the game, but he was doing pretty. He well seemed to with be doing it. okay. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I wanted to say because like. I watched it and Sean watched it and Bamba played it. Um, to me, this would have made a really awesome book. Like, I, if this came out on print, I would have just loved it. You know, I mean, because it has everything that I love, that sort of like sci-fi, you know, rogue AI type stuff going on. And, and the fact that it's so dialogue heavy and, you know, all the exposition and storyline comes through audio logs, you know... I, I could have done away with all the like visual element of it and just read the whole thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. Go go on Amazon. There might be a novelization of it. Probably. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, like, even Eco got a novelization. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. They'll make them. A, they're gonna, Minecraft has a bunch of Like them. A, a million bazillion really Halo books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, actually, I agree with you. And that kind of it almost ties into that conversation we had way back when, when we were talking about The Last of Us and whether or not that would make a good film. I think you are spot on in saying that System Shock 2's story would make a good book. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm with you there. I would read that novel. Oh, yeah. Bumba? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I'd do it in a second. I, you, you guys uh, got the, the gears going in my head. I would love to pick up a System Shock novel and just go through that i think that would be a lot of fun yeah because it's, it's like to me it's that happy balance between um like the tension and exploration of something like alien um and then you know the sci-fi and you know there's more to uh the picture than you really know like something like 2001 or um you know philip k dick type stuff yeah, definitely. All right. So, I mean, I'm ready to put a bow on this one. Uh, Stick again, a fork in me, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This this playthrough gave me a lot of... Uh, I was very anxious about, you know, having not played it and, uh, you know, apprehensive about whether I should push through or, you know... As I think my exact words on the forum thread were, you know, life is too short. And and I really like to play games that I enjoy rather than ones that feel like work and are excruciating. Even if I have, you know, this like pseudo responsibility to the good members of RF generation to to host a good playthrough. <laughs> if it's becoming work, if it's becoming a chore, I mean, just, right. you know, it, it's not worth it. I mean, like games were meant to be played for enjoyment right so what i'm what i'm getting at is i'm happy to i'm really happy to put a bow on this and i i, I am happy that the people like bomba like disposed hero and like samus five six seven eight who played the game and played through and completed and enjoyed it i'm very happy for you guys and i'm glad that um i was able to you know i'm glad that my choice uh played well with with all of you yeah and, and yes, vi <laughs> vicarious experiencers like sean and i thank you too yeah that's exactly <laughs> it <laughs> all right cool so uh 
This has been the modern playthrough wrap up for November 2014. I am Gray Ghost. I'm joined. I was joined with with uh, my co-host Fleech and our special guest Bomba Tamba. For December, we're going to do a shooter competition. Uh, Floyd, could you you want to just explain? Uh, give us what games we're playing real quick for the December shooter. Right. Okay. Next month, we will be playing four games, so one game per week. Um, okay, Zionide for the Xbox. That was one of them. R-Type Final for PS2. Uh, Sin and Punishment, right, right. Otomi, right, right. Um, so... What uh, we're asking everyone to do is to post their highest score for uh, the week's particular game. First place score will, um, I believe it is received 10 points um, and going further and further down. Um, although there is a five point participation score. So even if uh, even if you don't make, you know, the top rank, as long as you participated, you, you get that uh, sort of thank you type uh type consolidation um and in the final few days of december we will be doing a battle royale where you can go improve any score you like um there will be a modern and retro um award or i, I should say um um not award what's the word a, a reward a reward yes that's <laughs> it uh, most likely it will just be a you know a custom title on uh, on the site forum but uh, yeah uh, you'll right. be known as you know the retro or modern shooter king <laughs> and yeah it's going to be fun i'm looking forward to playing this with you guys cool and uh as usual more info on that and all of our playthroughs can be found at rfgeneration.com on the forums so gentlemen uh, Bomba Tamba, thank you very much for guesting on the show with us tonight. I hope you had a good time talking with us. Oh yeah, thank you guys for uh, for inviting me. <laughs> and Floyd, as usual, appreciate uh, talking to you. So that's that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Well, that's the show, my friends. Thank you for listening, and a very special thank you to everyone who joined the playthroughs and to our special guests, Retro Rage and Bomba Tamba, for joining us on the show. Remember to visit rfgeneration.com to participate in our playthroughs, discuss the games, or leave feedback on this podcast. Join us next month in our playthroughs for December 2014, in which Floyd and Rich team up to host the ultimate shoot 'em up competition. Visit rfgeneration.com for the full list of retro and modern titles included in this playthrough. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the RF Generation Playcast.